There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 Problem. It does seem to have been sorted out from a Cork point of view, mostly at least. Uh, my daughter was in Amsterdam for the weekend with her mates over there for the uh, Dutch Grand Prix and they're in the airport this morning and the last text I got from her was she was on the plane waiting to start taxiing, which is, is no bad thing and they're due to fly into Cork Airport during the morning. But what exactly did happen before we talk to some people who are stranded what exactly did happen what we're led to understand is that britain's air traffic control system owen curry editor of air and travel magazine did it go down or did they, did they have to go back to the old ways of doing things good morning uh, good morning yes back to the old ways of doing things pens and papers not quite clear what happened because they're not exactly releasing that they did say that they'd identified and rectified the problem at about a quarter to three yesterday. By then, it was too late, uh, chaos in every direction. We still have cancelled flights this morning, three of them from Cork, and uh, we have one cancelled from Shannon and about nine from Dublin. But um, what happened, you know, lots of speculation out there. Some say a software update. But uh, the effect on the system was interesting as well. It just started plucking random flight plans from the distant past and it just overloaded the system. Everything began to slow down. The first smell of a problem we got was Logan Air in Scotland. Scotland was particularly badly affected. And then uh, London uh, was the worst hit area and obviously London carries so much of the traffic. Uh, Chaos, flights cancelled, hundreds of flights cancelled. And they managed to continue. It wasn't that big a problem that you had to ground all the flights. You could still uh, operate as an air traffic control system. It just it slowed down too much for a bank holiday Monday in Britain. I forgot that. We forgot about that, of course, that it was a bank holiday Monday over there. But what happens isn't it, Owen? If a flight is cancelled, then the plane is in the wrong place for the return leg. And then even if the plane is in the right place, the crew may be out of hours. So they were saying in Britain this morning it could take several days to iron all this out. 
Absolutely, it's different airlines have responded with more um, more adroitly than others. Very, very interesting that uh, Ryanair uh, managed to cancel such a small percentage of their overall flights. EasyJet pulled their entire program, and British Airways cancelled its, uh, you know, eighty percent. So British Airways is very heavily dependent on uh, Heathrow, where Ryanair don't fly. Ryanair would have done the provincial airports. Um, but it's very interesting how different airlines uh, responded to it and were more adroit about it. You're very, very, it's a point that a lot of passengers forget is that uh, you could be, and you had 12 hours, lot delays, but a point that very many passengers forget that you just made. Uh, the crew run out of hours. Uh, if you're in. Can you plane, explain, Owen, in simple terms what that actually means? So if I'm a pilot and I'm due to fly today, or my crew is due to fly with me, say Cork, we'll say Cork to, to Paris, and I'm meant to go over and then fly back later. Is it part of my license or part of my terms and conditions that I must complete those two, as they call them, sectors within a given time? Absolutely, and there have to be extra crew if uh, it's a longer flight. I mean, the long sectors that um, people would be familiar with are the islands, they're four and a half, five hours. So you need uh, your crew to have enough hours to uh, get you back. The landing of the plane is the most important part, but it doesn't just apply to the pilot. Yeah. It applies to the crew as well. And once you're uh, running into a situation where you're running out of hours, you now need a replacement crew, which is all very well if you're Ryanair and you have a base in Spain, but if you're Aer Lingus and you don't and all your crew are based back in Dublin, you're now in a situation where you have to fly crew out. So it's it's a safety requirement. It's pretty, you know, it's not really a, it's up to terms and conditions trade union thing. It's actually quite yeah. uh, written into the laws. And I see. I see. Nobody complains about it because safety comes first. But that is started becoming a major problem uh, later in the evening. And it's one of the reasons EasyJet did their big cancellations. I see. I see. With three flights affected, three or four flights affected. Okay, three, three departures: Cork, uh, yeah. Amsterdam, and Heathrow, and uh, we've Shannon gone as well. We're about nine from Dublin. That night run during the day. I'm glad your daughter got on board in Amsterdam. But you see, uh, the problem was that Lufthansa, KLM, all these people were affected. All of Northern Europe, you pass over Britain. It's not just the British flights. Yes. Now there were arrangements where people flying around Britain and all of that. It wasn't. Uh, but these things take uh, longer time to put into place than you need when you've got a very, very busy programme. All right. Owen, thank you for that. Owen Curry, editor, Air and Travel magazine. Not the best line in the world, but the system developed a glitch, as they're saying. It got itself sorted, but by the time it got sorted, everything was in disarray and it can take ages and ages and ages to get them back to where they're supposed to be. Kean, are you still at Gatwick? Good morning. Hi, yeah. No, I'm I'm back home in Cork. Good man. What happened? Tell me what happened. Uh, so I actually got to Gatwick pretty early just because of the the rail disruption, and um, I kind of checked in the bla- uh, the bags and everything else like that. This was yesterday, it was, now, yeah. It was yesterday, yes. Oh. So I got there around about like two half two. Right. Um, security was extremely quiet. The check-in was extremely quiet, and there were. Th- they were saying like they don't know if the flights are going ahead or anything like that. Um, people were asking like how to get, uh, how did they get out of the departures if flights are cancelled? Mm-hmm. So I, I continued on because like my flight was a, a late one, and I, I kind of went through duty free, and there was a kind of a long queue there. Yeah. And I was like, why is there a long queue? 
it turned out there was a lot of people going to like the airline desk for support. Yes. So uh, uh, basically, um, not. None of the flight boards were showing up correctly. So instead of like, uh, there are flights that, <clears throat> sorry, there are flights at like 20 past uh, 12 in the morning okay. to 20 past 1 in the afternoon, and it was like half 2 there. Right, okay. So none of the boards were showing up correctly. Yeah, yeah. So you had no idea really what was going to happen. You were due to fly back to Cork, what, mid afternoon? Uh, right about half five. Right. What time did you get back? Uh, I got home around about like half eight. Okay, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't too bad. The, the the biggest problem when people are stuck in an airport is the lack of information. Were you kept informed? No. Um, there was no kind of Ryanair staff. There was no staff going around saying what flights are going ahead. Um, when the boards eventually started working around about five o'clock, um, a lot of them were saying go to the help desks or like an update at like five o'clock, 20 past five, but you still don't know if your flight was going ahead or not. So when we were told to go to our gate, uh, there was an announcement there at our actual gate to say we're going to be boarding. So we were one of the lucky ones to go out that day. Yeah. A lot of people were getting moved from gate to gate. Did that happen to you, no? No. Um, our our details just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Right. Okay. So, so you, you got home in one piece then last night. Exactly. Uh, we we're, were definitely one of the lucky ones to, to fly out yesterday. All right. Okay. Not an experience you want every day, but thank you. Kean Crowdy uh, got home from Gatwick a few hours late last night. Nothing Nothing huge. Now, uh, the child is on the on the road, the, or the airport. The plane is moving in Amsterdam, so she just texted me there while I was chatting to Kean to say she's on the way. Thanks be to goodness. Her poor mother... Her poor mother would have been frantic. Now, the flights from Cork this morning out at 6 to Amsterdam with Aer Lingus, that was cancelled. So was the 10 past 6 to KLM, that too cancelled. The 10.55 to Manchester with Ryanair is cancelled. The 10.30 in from Manchester, the Ryanair flight, that is also cancelled. 0818969696 and staying with uh, traffic and travel of all these kind of subjects Tim was listening to non-stop information bulletins from City Council and the guards advising of a huge increase in traffic volumes due to the return to school so why don't they introduce a comprehensive school bus service like Jerry said a couple of weeks ago public servants going around in circles increasing their salaries while making no progress Yeah, and this morning I took my first Opportunity to park back on Patrick's Hill. I love parking on Patrick's Hill. It's very handy for me. They changed everything. They closed it and they've resurfaced bits of it and they've redrawn bits of it. And when you used to go up, down, you now go up. That won't stop the scooters. They'll go over. They're like, when you now used to go down, you now have to go up. And then when you come up Patrick Street... For the few parking spaces that are there, and to be fair, they're there and they're lined, and there's about maybe a dozen of them, which is handy if you get one early, you'll be there for the day, or for as long as you need to be, but you have to reverse into them. That's a surprise. That caught me a bit by surprise this morning as I was driving up Patrick's Hill. So the spaces are on your right now as you're coming up, and you have to reverse into them, which, if you've not done that little trick in a while... It might be difficult. Oh eight one eight ninety six 
9696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Question 10. What county is the smallest in Ireland? Loud. As my hands are shaking, Sarah, I don't know about you, my hands are rattling here. You're killing me here, lad. Please be loud. You said loud. <laughs> now I feel really bad oh, for no. making you wait to tell you you've just won 2,000 euros! Oh, Oh my God, thanks so much. Yeah, Monday. The two grand minute. I'm getting money. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. The money. On Cork's 96 FM. Actually, with regard to Cork Airport in particular, they've got this really handy little new feature on their website, which if you're expecting a flight or due to take a flight or waiting to someone come in off a flight, you go onto their website, you look up the flight and it can send you WhatsApp messages at every stage of that flight, which is fierce handy altogether. I used it myself going on holidays this summer, and I've recommended it to other people. And it's deadly. really is good. It works really well. So you go into their, air, air, their website, you look at the flight you want, and then it'll let you get WhatsApp messages to your phone as to the status of that flight. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Stephen, I'm looking at a picture here of camper vans parked by a beach, but not parked as they should be. Good morning. Where is this? Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Um, this is in uh, Garrettstone, I suppose, Garrettstone and Gary Lucas, and it's been a prominent feature over the last couple of years, really, PJ, to be honest. I suppose, just to give it, put you in the picture, I'm a kind of a summer resident down there, and I have a mobile home down there, so I'm down there for three months of the summer. Okay. Uh, I'm a granddad now, so my family are gone and rare, but we, we walk that beach every day, and yeah. uh, there's camper vans there, and they're taking up three and four uh, car parking spaces. Now, no. I feel they're paying. It would be great to have the ideal situation at the place for them, but unfortunately, that's not the case, you know what I mean? But no. it, it is, and it can be dangerous for small kids. So they're blocking a lot of area, and they're... Uh, people trying to bring their kids to the beach and stuff like that, you know what I mean? There are spaces there, you can see the lines on the road from the picture, but they're Correct. parked across them, parked across two or three of them. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And it's a very busy area because there's a lot of vendor vans around there and the sauna is there, so there's a lot of activity. And, and these camper vans, they're, you know, they can be there for a few days at a time, as I say, we're down there every day for the summer, mm. uh, loving and uh, loving the life down there, but... Um, and then Gary Lucas Beach, you could have, wondered we had the good weather there, you could have had maybe eight or ten of these along there. Mm. And as well as that, you have touring caravans. There's a couple of them actually have been abandoned down there for the year, mm-hmm. just left at the side of the road, mm-hmm. with the cars coming and going at weekends and stuff. The picture I'm looking at here, I'm, I'm kind of asking myself the question, why, if you're driving one of these things, why you just don't pull into a regular parking space? Because they're there. Well, the... the yeah, but they would they then would be sticking out into the middle of the road. Ah, I <laughs> ah, see. You see me? Yeah, so it's for quite narrow there as well. So yeah, so mm-hmm. those parking spaces are not a, not suitable really for a camper van. Either way, you could look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then there isn't an actual camper van area, no. No, 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 not a public area. No, 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 no. There is there is one or two of the caravan sites down there that would take them, but um, it's that's a pay for that. Fee pay, that's fee paying exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. 
are they Irish owned wagons or are they foreign tourists? Who are they? Do you know? I was I was I would say they're predominantly Irish. Right. So they've come along and they've just plunked the camper van down across the... Now, do the county council have anything to say about this? They run the parking facilities? They do. I remember back in the day, there used to be a sign up around there, like no overnight camp uh, parking. But then I suppose I haven't seen those signs and it's it's never policed or monitor either, PJ, to be honest. You know what I mean? And we barely have rubbish bins down there like so. You know, it lost, it lost the green flag or, or the blue flag earlier this year because it didn't have the rubbish bins. Yes, I, I saw that. Was it recycling yeah. bins or something? I saw that recycling report. Recycling bins, exactly. We were talking yeah, about yeah, that yeah, during yeah. the summer. Mind you, I just don't yeah. know why people just don't take their own stuff away, Stephen, but that's an old argument I've been having oh, for 100%. years. 100%. Yeah, you yeah, say you yeah, spend absolutely. what? You spend the three... Do you, you, do you, you commute up and down or do you, or do you just leave I do. down there? No, I do, and I commute up and down daily, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've yeah. been down there, I suppose, over 20 years now. Right. It's a great way of life. Yeah. I was, we were in New Zealand a couple of years ago, and we took a camper van, and I fully appreciate it. it's a great way of life, but they have fantastic facilities over there, then, which we don't have in this country, but still, you can't be taking up three and four parking spaces. It's just ignorant, really, in my in my view. It's it's, it's a mobile, it just... I went top of the caravanning for a while because the one thing that will oh, put yeah. me off, and I know, I know Garrettstown, and I know our beaches, we're some of the most gorgeous beaches in the world, Stephen, but the weather's yeah. crap. Like, you sit there for three months looking out at the pouring rain. I wish you were going to be doing up in Cork to PJ in the pouring rain, or are you looking at it as well? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> it's, it's true, true so I suppose. We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we're going to see down there, at least if you get a window of good weather, you're there to avail of it. Yes. Yeah. Whereas if you're at home, you're only looking at, oh, Jesus, well, I cut the grass, so what I want, like, so, you know. Yeah, there's a huge number of people yeah. who do it. And but what oh, I noticed, yeah. where, where was they going recently? I was driving down. Oh, I was down Gary Vaux, and I was just yeah. walking along the beach, and then fellas with decks and barbecues and sheds. Like it's a whole big industry now. Oh, 100 percent ours. Yeah, and, you know, like we have, we're very lucky. The facility that we're in is top class. Like, and we have, um, you know, we have an outdoor space as well. Which, uh, when you get the weather, it's great. Like, how long are you down there now? How, how long are you based? Or have you placed? Oh, oh God, uh, I'd say 24 years, maybe. Really, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there's many people like us, and a few longer. Like, you know, anything. We all love move down for the summer. We support the local economy. Like, we buy the buy our stuff in JJ's and we go to the local pubs and stuff like that. So, there's, you know. there's a nice little community gets into these places. You all know each other. Oh, 100%. Absolutely, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know Mrs. Kelly's down in Gary Vaux. A fella told me years ago someone almost has to die before there's a space comes up. Do you know, they're, they're full oh, yeah. for That's years. Right. They're yeah. full for years. The worst thing about it, PJ, the worst thing about it really is you tend to plan about a stone down there over the summer, like between barbecues and <laughs> <laughs> and refreshments. Yeah, and is it hard to get it? I mean, like, is it hard to get a place? If I was to buy myself a caravan now, I could, I'd say I could be I could be whistling Dixie for a place. You could, I suppose, yeah, unless you had a brown envelope, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, and or, or, yeah, or yeah. do you go on a waiting list? Is that it? Um, apparently, I suppose I can't really speak for the Calvin Park. Yeah, but you're there yourself. Which, uh, <laughs> you're there so long; it doesn't really matter for you. But you, yeah, exactly. you still, you still love it despite the weather. Oh, 100 percent, yeah, 100 percent. Like I mean, I suppose all our kids were rare down there. Now, now they got up to Divinment, but I thought it was better down there than hanging around Douglas Court or something for the summer. True, you know what true, I mean? True, true, true. And, and you know, during during COVID, I know there were, were they they were closed for a while during COVID, weren't they? The, Correct. Parks. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sound, that, open, now that sounded, looking back, that sounded a bit stupid to me, like you're down in the open air. That all did yeah. sound a bit daft to me yeah. at the while. How, yeah. how long was yeah. it that you weren't able to use them for? Um, 
I think the first year really we got, got very little use out of it. Yeah. And then after that, um, to be fair, we were, he, our guy opened and he kind of extended it as well. So we were able to stay on. Normally we would close at okay. the end of September, but he yeah. extended it to the end of October now. Yeah, the, weather, the weather was so nice. Was the weather was nice in 2020, yeah. so you could you could stay on a bit longer when you had the opportunity. Absolutely. And then we couldn't travel, of course, for two summers. We couldn't yeah. fly, like... Did yeah. did more people get the idea to to buy a van or buy a camper and stay, stay at home? I'd say actually, as you, as you say, no, I think COVID sparked off the whole um, increase in camper vans, definitely, and touring caravans. Yeah, a lot more of those, much more prevalent since that, really. To be honest, you know. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't be you wouldn't be taking off now for Tenerife or Bjorka any time now. You I'd be taking off. <laughs> I'd be taking off playing a bit of golf, all right, and. Uh, <laughs> Soon enough, like yeah, but we, yeah, we tend to we tend to like try and avail of the so-called summer here where yeah. we have it, and we do our yeah. we do our little trips then outside of that. Yes. If you know what I mean? You know what? I'm always one of these people who believes that after a bad summer here, and God, we had a with a gorgeous May and June, crap July and August. So yeah. September can be kind. You'd hope it will be. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And we still go now now for long weekends at the, you know, uh, for the. For September, October, like we still get a bit used out of it down there, and, yeah. and as I said, there'd be no no damn, no damn pesky kids either, so it suits the old folks. Then, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> but Stephen, come back to where we started. That picture of those like when is that is that a recent photograph? Oh, it is. Yeah, that was uh, yeah about just before the weekend. There, no, the reason I'm asking is the sunshine yeah. in it, and I haven't seen. Oh yeah, I think it was last hour of the morning. Actually, very nice. I know that. That's yeah. no. I think if you're going to come along in a van like that, and if you must, you really should respect the parking spaces that are there. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And you know, it would be ideal if, for if there was a like there is an area don't ever start talking about hardcoring and all that. Like, yeah, that it might be suitable for just for the old vans to pull in, and that would be great. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, yeah. there's a but thing. That come again, where do they put? I know these things have chemical toilets in them. Where do they dump yeah. the necessary? I'm not 100 percent sure, but there is a public tie that's down there, so hopefully they're, they're using those to dispose of it in a mm. in a clean way, you know. And, um, and do they leave it no, clean when they go away? When like uh, to be fair, no, I've seen. Yeah, yeah I'd, to be fair, no, I'd say yes, they do. I've never seen anybody that, but you know, it's just the inconvenience of them parked there, and sometimes they have steps that come out of them, and then they're. Mm. You know, but like by Gary Lucas, there they have the steps on the on the footpath. I see. You know, you know. People might trip over them and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. Stephen, enjoy the rest of your uh, season in, in lovely, it is lovely Garrettstown. Weather's rubbish, but lovely Garrettstown. My pal, uh, Chris, Chris, who has the, the flying burrito outside Cork Builders Providers there. Morning, Chris, if you're listening. I know he does sometimes in the van. Uh, he goes up and down to, to Garrettstown a lot as well, and it's a little corner of heaven for him. But that definitely, the camper van's... If you're going to park on the side of the road, would you please park in the parking spaces provided? Now, Stephen does say there that your arse will be then pointing out into the street, which is a problem in itself. Actually, where was it? Oh, I was talking about this to Martin last week when he was on about antisocial behaviour down in the Aldi car park in Douglas. I was there uh, one night recently. I went down about half nine or maybe a little bit earlier because, yeah, it's getting dark now around nine. And there they were out the back of one of these camper vans. There was three or four lads and they had brought out their little folding chairs and you put your can of beer into the arm of it that they're their folding chairs on their little table <laughs> and up on the table in the middle of the Aldi and the smell of it now you want to nearly bum a chip off them the smell of KC's 
coming out of the back of the camper van at nine o'clock at night outside Aldi and Douglas. So they were living their best life. Why wouldn't they? Like that, so I do. It's called Price Tag, Jesse J, Cork's 96FN. We mentioned the Rubiales and uh, Jenny Hermoso story yesterday. Just mentioned it in passing, and it started a conversation among some of our listeners. Uh, and then it is in further developments overnight. Found out yesterday afternoon his mother is now on hunger strike in her local church. Is it in Malaga? Um, in protest that her son is being treated. But on the other hand, it looks now as if Mr. Rubiales is being investigated by the Spanish authorities for a possible sexual assault. This is after he grabbed Jenny Hermoso after the World Cup final a couple of weeks ago and kissed her uh, full on the lips uh, while the medals were being presented. It's all gone wicked complicated and, and almost nasty, actually. But now there are calls for him to be arrested and investigated for sexual assault. I'll come back to it next. 0818-969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Let me show you what it's all about. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. Be with me in the afternoon for the biggest names. Hi, Ed Sheeran here. What's happening, everybody? It's Tom Gwennon. This is Dua Lipa. I'm always good for brilliant giveaways and we'll have the chats as well. I mean, at the end of the day, myself and yourself, we're the same. Our favourite thing to do at the weekend is... As I said earlier, the most important, right? Salt and vinegar, Absolutely. loads of it. Battered sausage and potato pie, yes, please. Yes. Large chips, thank you. Yeah, and I'm not sharing. <laughs> Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. With Atlantia Clinical Trials. Get paid to advance science by joining a study at their Blackpool Clinic. See AtlantiaClinicalTrials.com for more. On Cork's 96 FM. You need to be reminded how all this started. When the World Cup medals were being presented at the end of the final a week or two ago, Louis Rubiales embraced Jenny Hermoso and then put his hands on her head and kissed her full on the lips. She said afterwards she didn't consent to that, that she was taken by surprise by it. Many people have now walked away from Rubiales. He says he did nothing wrong. He believes he did nothing wrong. His mother is con on hunger strike in support of him. She's in her local church. She's been hungry straight now for a couple of days. There are many people calling on him to resign. He has refused to do so. He has refused to apologise. Now it appears reports from Spain this morning that he may be investigated for sexual assault. And you begin to wonder, has it crossed a line there? But that's that's not for us to determine. Those are just the facts of, of where it's going. Con, you think the whole thing is out of proportion. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Uh, I do agree with it. I think it's completely blown up with the ball from Morton. I think Ruby Alice is a genuine bloke, a good good man. And he, he may be... He, do he got do you sign. know him? No, I don't know him. But I know it's a good sign when his mother inside in the chapel and fungus like she must be a religious woman, you know. And he must have been well-reared, you know. Well, if he was, if he was well-reared, 
uh, as a grown man of nearly 48 years of age, if he was well reared, he would know better not to grab a young woman at the two sides of her head and plant a kiss on her lips when he had no right to do so. He, he was so overjoyed of, of, win, of Spain winning the World Cup. He, he was, a, you know, he, 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 got, he actually, there was nothing, I thought last night, there was nothing really sexual about that kiss. Because only, it happened in seconds. I saw it happen in seconds, Con, and I thought for a split second, I thought the same. I thought maybe they're close friends, maybe they get on, maybe all that. Then I realized she had no idea it was going to happen. She was taken aback by it. But when you see it in freeze frame, I thought, ick, no. If he did that to my daughter, I'd knock his block off. Yeah, but he was kind of a Spanish, the Latin, the Latin race down there. Yes, they kiss on the cheeks. Yeah. It was, I tell you, there was more sexual when he embraced her first. He was closer to this. Yeah. He was standing back for her. He was standing, he was a foot to pass nearly from her. No, no unless I also picked up the video wrong. As she moved away from him, to me, he pat her on the arse. Maybe I'm wrong there. Well, I didn't see that now, but uh, there's a lot about accusations that were saying he was doing something else. So, look, it's, it's feminism gone mad. It's is feminine it, though, Con? it is. Have you daughters, Con? I have one daughter, yeah. Would you, like, would you like a man considerably older than her in a position of power to grab her by the head in a public place and kiss her full on the lips? But I wouldn't mind at all. I wouldn't mind at all. And, how, and what if she minded, Con? Well, you see, it's feminism again. Women had that. No, 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 no just answer the question. What if she minded? Well, I don't think she would mind if she was anywhere. If she was anywhere like me, anyway, she wouldn't have mind. You know what I mean? If she was, which was my daughter. But look, it's come, we're coming back to this. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have kissed her myself because she has tattoos all over her arm. Well, no, it's got it means nothing whether, whether she has two tattoos or not. But if she, if if you didn't know, like I can imagine, I, I have many young colleagues. There'd be a similar age difference between me and them here in the building. I might even be quite close with some of them. I've been working here a very long time. I guarantee you, Con, if I stopped them in the middle of the corridor, grabbed them by the head, and planted a kiss on their lips. The, bet, the least I'd get from my troubles is a box in the chops. And I deserve yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's up to the women. The woman feels that's something about it. She's indicted, you know, to do something like that. But if you notice, Jenny didn't, didn't appeal opinion. I think she backtracked in what she said first. But she, she said on Instagram she didn't consent to it and she didn't expect it. Yeah, but she, she didn't um, come out strong or she didn't. She, she don't want all this pull about it now. I don't think it's. Well, uh, well, we don't know that. But uh, certainly, you okay. Should he apologise to her? Well, he personally, but he, but it's up to himself. But I don't think I, I wouldn't. In your view, in your view, should he apologise to her? Well, he could have a chat with her and say, like, did you really? Would, were you really offended by it? If you were, I apologise. You know what I mean? He could have said like that. You know what I mean? He he didn't come out straight away. Because the media running the thing, you know, they've took it over. Well, well, no, hold on a while. The media took it up. You're correct. 100% correct there. It took a day or two to register with me just how big a thing it was because I'd moved on to the next story. But now you have the Spanish police investigating this. Uh, that's, that's, that's because the Spanish Prime Minister is a socialist, communist. The communist this is, con, con, con. This is the police. This is the police. And one thing I know about Spanish police, having been there on holidays more than 20 times, they don't take nonsense from anybody. They're investigating no. this now. They're investigating because the government wants them to investigate it. It's all big, in big, big shots like it. Only well, 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 maybe she wants them to investigate it because she is, in this case, she's the person, she's the, the, 
for want of a better expression, she's the victim. She was the well, person who was kissed without consent. Maybe she well, went to the local police. I think I think I prefer to hear from her words, Jenny. Possible, possibly, yes, that, that's yeah. the point. Mm-hmm. She hasn't said anything since the incident. And I tell you, feminism has gone mad. Here in this country, they want to take the wording out of the constitution. Well, the that, that, that'll, be, that'll be a discussion we'll have another day, possibly before the end of the year, even about the change in the wording of the constitution. We'll see yeah. where that goes. And I know we'll talk at that time, Con, because I, I know you feel strongly about it. We've, we've spoken about it before, you and I. Con, thank you. Always good to hear from you. Always a good conversation, even if we don't always agree. Kevin, bring you in at this point. If you had a daughter uh, her age and a man 13 or 14 years older than her planted a kiss on the lips without her consent, I think if I was nearby, he'd be picking up his teeth. But, but am I overreacting? Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Uh, yeah, no, you're not. And the thing is, it's funny enough, I before... Uh, I left for work this morning. I saw a story about this, uh, but her most her most stuff was released by the BBC, and they quoted a survey that was done in Britain in 2017, where they said 50% of all women surveyed experienced sexual assault in the workplace, and of those 50%, 60% never reported a thing. And when you see the victimisation of what's going on with Jenny Hermosa, now you can understand why. Would you, would you class it? I know it's being investigated. Would you class it as a sexual assault, Kev? Yeah, I would. And it's a, it's an open and shut. Out you of don't... order, I would class it as out of order. Watch the video. Every woman, every person along that line shook her hand. There was a woman next to next to Ruby Alice that gave her a hug. Ruby Alice jumped on her, then grabbed her by the back of the head and kissed her with her arms out wide away from him, as if to say, what the F is going on here? It was the freeze frame that, that did it for me. It yeah. just looked icky. The, the video is actually worse. Because if you stand as a camera angle from further back, that you see the whole line and you see the whole thing. And it's, it was almost a, it was reminiscent of a drunk guy in a nightclub in the 90s grabbing a woman and saying, come here, love. And, mm. and, and that used to happen. We're not, we're not living in 1995 anymore. This is 2023. Mm. And the, the fallout from this, he actually apologised. But he apologised for the offence caused. It was a Trumpian apology. I'm, I'm sorry you're offended. I've done nothing wrong. I'm the, I'm the man in charge. I run the Spanish FA. This is the same Spanish FA where clubs last season were having players on the end of monkey chants. Yeah. You know, Spain is a big problem. And it has a problem with chauvinism and it has a problem with racism. And that's systemic across Spain. Yeah. And this is just another example of it. The reason why you're having protests in Madrid last night is because women and men and those, women in saw Wales, those protests. Yeah. They've had enough. And this is going to be, this is the torch that they're going to grab onto to sort this out once and for all. The Spanish FA have asked him to resign. All of the coaching staff from that women's side, except the manager, have resigned. The players have refused to play. Men and women have refused to play for Spain until he's gone. FIFA have suspended him. The yeah, and it's, Spanish... it's, it's the old saying, Kevin, if 10 people are telling you dead, you're dead, you should probably lie down. Exactly. Uh, but it's, it's not just... This is just literally... I'm. This is a power grab now. This is a guy who's in a position of power who said, I am the guy in charge. The box stops with me and what I say goes. He can't fathom the fact that what he did was wrong. He doesn't get it. Yeah. And... The fact that he's 45 years of age and doesn't get that simple fact, he can't be helped. The Spanish 
government have tried to remove him. The problem with that is the Spanish FA have gone to UEFA and said, this is government interference in the running of football. We want all of our clubs kicked out of European competition. The Spanish FA asked the UEFA to kick their clubs out of European competition because of government interference. UEFA told them to jog on. They've seen the video. Like, this, guy's, yeah. this guy's done. Sort him out. Yeah. And yeah. what I, I don't get is when, when we were, you were talking about it yesterday, you were reading off the text messages. And it was text after text after text from regular texters who, he's a good-looking guy. I wouldn't have minded that at that in my, at my some, age. Yeah, some of the women who texted me uh, were saying that. Yes, I wouldn't have minded. Like, do you not understand what happened there? It's like, you, you have a daughter uh, the same age as mine. Mm-hmm. My problem is, I would, I would flip, but I don't know if my daughter would tell me. And mm. I don't know if your daughter would tell you if that happened in her workplace. And that's the scary thing. Oh, and if it happened, is, I can tell you this much now, Kevin. If it happened in her workplace, <laughs> I, she's, surra- like think she's so. surrounded by medical equipment. Somebody <laughs> will receive a very sharp injection. I'd like to. I'd like to think so as well. But here, it, it's it's one of those things where there are going to be women who are listening to this in workplaces, in offices, who've experienced this, who've experienced the differential in power between a boss mm. and there, and they're. They have experienced this. This is widespread. I guarantee you this is... People have experienced this throughout their adult life. Well, mainly women. But it's, it's men too. I know that in my mind. Can we have a 20-second thought about the, about the, count, the counter-argument? Everybody was carried away in the moment. Yeah. And if he'd have turned around after Jenny had gone on Instagram and said, yeah, I didn't ask for this. Uh, I don't know what he was playing at. If he'd have come out after, I misread the situation horribly. I'm so sorry. I promise this will never happen again. And that would I reckon that then would have been the end of it. What, I, about, what he, about his mother going on hunger strike? That all sounds a bit mad to me. That all sounds a bit contrived to me. Um, look, at the end of the, this is a game now that's bigger than Jenny Hermoso and Rubiales. This is playing out on a much bigger scale. I just... Ultimately, all of this could have gone away with a sincere apology. But when he th- used the Spanish FA to turn around and threaten her with legal action and accuse her of lying, that was the end of the game. The, game, the, the rules of the game changed from there. Once you, he turned around and used the Spanish FA to threaten to sue her, which he did, yeah, that he did. Changed, that's literally turning around to a victim of a, of a crime, a potential victim of a crime, and say, we're going to sue you if you open your mouth and make an accusation. And are you okay That's with, because I know I was listening to one early morning phone-in on this this morning, mm. Kevin, and, and the guy presenting the show would know an awful lot more about football than I would, mm. as would you when I said that straight out. <laughs> he was kind of saying, all right, okay, I was with you to the point where the Spanish FA, or the Spanish police, are now looking at a sexual... Uh, assault investigation. Yeah. I was with you to that point. Now I'm starting to get a bit... Mm. Well, the way that I'm reading that is, the way, I mean, we've seen it with Portugal and Spain and some other countries do things different ways. From what I read of that yesterday, the Spanish police are going to investigate it. It's up to Jenny Hermoso if she wants to make a complaint. Yes. Now, Jenny Hermoso is playing her club career now in Mexico. Um, she's had, she's played with Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, sorry, Barcelona, PSG. She's, she's one of the best. Career. She's, she's one, one of the best player. players in the world. She's one, one of the best players in the world. Player. And the, the worst of all of this is, this was the crowning achievement yeah. of her career. So she's her 100th cap. She's, and yeah. Her, yeah, her 50th She was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal player. And this is what she's going to, she'll be, oh, that's your one from Spain that's got involved in that. 
it's horrendous. It was a fantastic tournament. Tournaments should be celebrated for what it was. It was a great exhibition of football and a great advert for the women's game. And nobody's talking about it. And it's criminal. And the thing is, what will happen with the Spanish police? The Spanish police will investigate it. If they deem that there's a crime to be taken place, it'll be up to her if she wants to take it further. They'll just investigate, they'll lay off the evidence, and they say, look, if she wants to make a complaint, up to her, it's her choice. If she doesn't want to, that's it. We, you know, they're not going to take it any further. But at the end of the day, they're obliged to investigate it. Yes, because they can't, you know, it's not a case. It's, it, you can't have a guy turning around and say, "Don't believe your eyes and ears. Believe what I tell you," because that's what he's doing at the minute. He's telling people not to believe their eyes and their ears. Yes. Believe what he's telling you. Yeah. How, do you think, how do you think it'll pan out, Kev? I know we're I, th- uh, I think that they'll investigate. I think in a couple of weeks' time, um, if if she decides to make a complaint, if he hasn't resigned by then. I think she might follow through, and I think the we'll see how it plays out. But I I can't believe he's not gone by the end of today, maybe tomorrow. Oh, be I can't. His he's, his his position as the head of the Spanish FA is untenable. Well, you know, I, as I said, that old saying, um, which I first picked up uh, from a man that I have no time for, Doctor Phil. But anyway, um, <laughs> my wife quotes it. She said, "If ten people are telling you you're dead, you should think about lying down." Yeah, that was pre-Trump era. <laughs> We're in a different world now. We are, Kev. Thanks, mate. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Your thoughts on on Rubiales? I honestly do think a proper, sincere apology immediately would have solved all of this. Well, yeah. Just in case you're wondering who the whole thing is is about, um, she is one of the best players in the world. Um, in her second match of the World Cup, she scored two goals. It was her second time scoring twice in a World Cup match. It was her 100th cap that day and her 50th goal. And when they went on to win the World Cup beating England, she was second overall in voting for the player of the tournament. And behind her own teammate, actually. She got the silver ball. And then a man, during the medal, medal presentation... He puts his two hands on the sides of her head and he kisses her full on the lips. And you can see, as Kevin said, the freeze frame photo did it for me. But Kevin maintains the video is even more obvious that she had no idea what was about to happen. Her hands went to her sides. She moved on. Then she said on Instagram, oh God, she she hadn't welcomed that. There was no... There was no consent, etc., etc. Oh, a few more here now. There's a lot more serious things going on, even serious crimes against women, than an incident like this. I wonder, does highlighting things like this really help the cause of women and the cause of consent? Thanks for that. Rubiales has form, says Simone. Take a look at his past. He isn't liked. He isn't widely liked in a lot of circles in Spain. Thank you, Simone. Mick says, I think poor old Con is stuck in the dark ages. I'd be with PJ. He'd get a smack off me. Well, I'm not endorsing violence towards anybody, but I know if she was my daughter and I was on the sideline, we'd have been having a conversation, myself and and Mr. Rubiales, I think. Now, if she said to me, Dad, that's all right, look, he got carried away, that's fine. He says, that's fine. Leave it off, leave it off. Then I leave it off. It's entirely up to Jenny Hermoso. Whereas this goes, if she puts her hand up and says to the Spanish police, 
like off lads it's fine I'm not taking any further then then it's over get con off the radio says Andrew well you see Andrew we, we, we allow everybody here everybody's opinion is, is valid it's all part of the conversation what about the well, I didn't see this so what about the Sean Kissan kiss at the weekend nothing about that because that was a woman kissing a man but the female owner of the horse kissed the jockey when he won a race. I'm a woman myself. I think it's based on the kiss and it's been blown out of proportion just because he's a man. There must be more to it. Also, here we are living in a world where most people now believe we're equals. So if these feminists, etc., are all about gender equality, then are we not equals? Are we not all the same? Asks Sharon. I'm not aware, Sharon, of the incident that you speak of with uh, Sean Kissan, but what you're telling me was it that the owner of a winning horse oh I'm getting the video up there now I'll see in a minute the owner of a winning horse in a race kissed the jockey did she kiss the jockey full on the lips did she grab the jockey by the side of the head Um, did the jockey seem completely surprised afterwards but Kevin said there may well be developments in this before the day is out we are getting calls about this more than one uh, did anybody hear a really low flying plane near Ballincollig at around half four this morning it was so loud it woke myself and my kids and my husband did anybody hear it says Kate put it out there I wasn't in Ballincollig I was sound asleep in Douglas at half four this morning thankfully um, so a low flying sort of a humming, buzzing noise of a low-flying plane around Ballincollig at around half four in the morning. It was so loud, says Kate. It woke my kids and my husband. Did anybody notice it? We found that Sean Kassan video. Thanks, lads. I'll have a look at that during the news. On Ruby Alice, though, on the phone, I find him repulsive. Of course, she froze. When you're overwhelmed like that by someone acting without any decorum or respect for your sense of person, you're going to freeze. If that's what he thinks of as acceptable behaviour, he shouldn't be in the job. He shouldn't be representing the country or representing the sport. I think, I think our callers, texters are more against Rubiales today than they were yesterday. There were a lot of people contacting us yesterday to say the story was a thing and nothing and it was being all blown out of all proportion. I get the feeling that some people have gone away now in between and maybe read or looked at video or checked out the the actual video of what happened and maybe they've changed their view. It's one I'm happy to keep going. We've lots more to talk about today, but it's one I'm happy to come back to. 0818 96 96 96. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 396 is it Manchester City? What football team uses Blue Moon as their as their as their tune? 
Blue moon's going through my head because of that moon tonight that we've been told about there. It looks as if we might have a clear night over Cork tonight. I've learned this particular summer anyway not to take anything for granted. But it does look as A, if the weather is going to get quite nice in the afternoon. But by the by that, it looks as if the evening could be nice and could be clear as the moon comes up. So it'll be interesting to see. Actually, the fantastic photograph going around, I just spotted it on Reddit. Magnificent photograph of the sun rising in the sky this morning by Kent Station. Marvellous picture. Just spotted it there on the on the Reddit feed. Right, I looked at that video of Sean Kissan. It's, it's very quick. The owner of the horse comes up to him and plants a smacker on his chin. She doesn't actually make contact with his lips, at least not according to the video, as I'm as I'm seeing it. Uh, and if he was okay with it, he was okay with it. If he wasn't okay with it, then it's up to him to talk to the owner of the horse. Um, but it, it happened. She didn't. She didn't get his lips. She got his chin. I watched it there during the news. But if he has a problem with it, he has a problem with it. In the case of someone kissing a person that that wasn't expecting, did you think so? No, no, they're looking at it another way. Emer thinks she's got him on the lips. I thought it's just the chin. I watched it two or three times. And anyway, the only person who has the right to say whether they're okay with that or not is Sean Kassan. Typical of... That what happened to Jenny Hermoso the only person the only person to say whether they're alright with it or not is Jenny Hermoso when something like that happens thank you anyway 0818 96 96 96 and it's one I'm happy to keep going uh, the, we, there, we think there were some flights early morning flights according to uh, the you know these flight radar apps that you can get there was a Ryanair flight left Cork this morning, very, very early to go to Gran Canaria. Very, very early. Like maybe maybe four o'clock in the morning early, which is strange because Scork Airport isn't open at four o'clock. Um, but very, very early and may have turned in over Balancholic. We've got some flight radar stuff. Yeah, two flights left Cork around four and turned over Balancholic, says Mick. So that may have been what people were hearing this morning. Mix, as I often hear about the Inniscarra direction, I assume the usual, the unusual departure time is down to the British delays. I think you could be right on that one, Mick. Trying to get planes to correct sectors and all that, and correct reposition planes to different parts of the world. And particularly with Ryanair, you could have had a plane that was doing a British run yesterday and was due to do a Canaries run this morning, and they would want to get it there early, so they'd probably fly it empty. That that's one possible. Exclamation. 0818 96 96 96. Now, I read this as we were finishing on Friday because it had come into me and I wanted to note that we had it and have time to think about it and maybe see is there any fallback here for Jen or any comeback rather for Jen. So this is about electric scooters. Uh, Jen wrote in to opinion at 96fm.ie and she said, Hi PJ, I heard you talking earlier in the summer about what happened to your daughter when her car was hit by an electric scooter. 
Yeah, I was telling you about that. I was wondering, did she ever find the rider or had she any luck in getting them to pay for the damage? The answer is no and no, despite the best efforts, just say, of uh, a very, very active young guard in the Bridewell station. So no is the answer to that. But Jen continues, I only collected my new car a few weeks ago. It's a lovely little 232 Hyundai, bright red. I've been saving for ages. I was so happy the day I collected it. PJ, last week, the very same thing happened to me as happened to your daughter. A girl on a scooter came flying along the footpath and hit my passenger door as I was waiting to turn at a junction. She didn't even stop. She just turned, looked at me, shook her head as if to say, well, sorry about that, and whizzed away. Not a care in the world. She left a big dent and nasty scrape on the door of my little car. I took it to a repair shop and I'm looking at about 600 euro to put it right. PJ, I've just bought a new car. I don't have that kind of money. I could get it done on my insurance, but then I'd have a claim against my record. Why should I lose my discount for something that wasn't my fault? Can you please find out what my rights are, PJ? My lovely little car isn't even six weeks old. That's from Jen. You feel so sorry for her, don't you? Then we had a message from Pat also the last few days. Pat says, I was hit by a delivery driver. The, the guards don't care. More and more people are going to be killed by these lunatics on e-scooters. I've had a few near misses recently. They're travelling way too fast. My mom was only telling me last evening when I called over to see her, she had a near one with an electric scooter the other morning, or she saw a very near one with an electric scooter. I was coming in last week, middle of the week last week, and driving down there by Paddy the Farmers maybe at about five or ten past seven in the morning, and the lights changed at the bottom, and I pulled up and stopped, as you must. (laughs) Not at all. Two scooters, one after the other, careered down the hill, straight across, straight across. And there's more and more scrapes and bangs happen. And what happens if your car is hit by a scooter, damaged? There are no injuries, obviously, but damaged. And the person just drives away. What comeback do you have? If you go to your insurance company, chances are you'll lose any of your discounts. Paul Kavanagh joins me from McCarthy Insurance. I imagine, Paul, the people you deal with are having calls about this kind of thing every day. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Uh, You are 100% correct. Um, The big problem here is that there is no legislation covering these e-scooters. And uh, the minister concerned, Eamon Ryan, he brought forward legislation and it was rejected. Or should I say it was stalled at the very minimum because, as you know, we don't really find out these things exactly. So, but there is no legislation. The guards hands are tied in many respects in relation to them because they don't know how to treat them. Mm. So there's been a lot of incidents in Dublin uh, and actually, would you believe there has been fatalities? Yes, I do. I know that. Yeah, there's one one lady yeah, I think was killed in Dublin. Yeah. Well, at least. Yeah. I, I think there's two. And, and there's been numerous injuries and there has been numerous claims put into the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland Mm. who control the motor insurance side of things when you can't 
trace uh, a driver, as, as Jen has alluded to there. She doesn't know who hit her car. So if she goes to the motor insurance bureau, they're going to go, well, sorry, <laughs> doesn't come under our legislation. Yes, because it's not insured. So this is a huge conundrum, and dilly-dallying by Aim Ryan, uh, I would say advice definitely from a lot of uh, government advisors is, you know, you just can't do what you're suggesting he was going to do, which was allow these on the bicycle route uh, with no helmets, mm. no high-vis, uh, and um, he was going to put a speed limit on it. But the fact of the matter is that all these things, uh, all these scooters can be adjusted to increase the speed limit. So he was talking, I think, at about 25 kilometres an hour. But uh, in actual fact, they can go way faster than that. They can, they can. Uh, and some of them I would describe as mini motorbikes. Yeah. Now, Lord forbid that anybody should be injured. The, the chap that, that hit my daughter's car wasn't injured. The woman that hit Jen's little car wasn't injured. You wouldn't want anybody to be injured. So let's put that down as a as a line we don't cross. But in terms of the damage done to the door of Jen's car and there's a proper little dent on, on, on the side of my the car I share with my daughter from the same incident. We've no comeback Paul. If we call our insurance sure, it'll all get covered but then our discounts are gone. That can't be right. Well it's the it's down to your no claims bonus protection whether you have no protection uh, step back protection which means you go from three years or from five years back to three years Mm. Uh, which is a difference of about twenty thirty percent. You're going to get you're, you're going to get hit. Yeah, you're going to get you're, you're you're going to pay. I mean, it would only be re- we would always look at these situations and say how much damage is done. Work out the cost of how much your no claims bonus is going to be affected, uh, and then take it from there. But if you had full bonus protection, uh, and and you're looking at at maybe a thousand euros damage, then I would be claiming off my full bonus protection. But the thing about it is, Paul. I, I agree with you. The, the the step back there, the full bonus protection. But you are going to lose a discount that you don't deserve to lose. If you have the full bonus protection, you don't. Do you not? For how no, many, you, you can don't. make one claim, can you? You can actually, with, with a few companies, you can make two claims in a three-year period. Because I know that windscreens, if something happens to your windscreen, that doesn't come out of your... Come out of your, your notes. It, it doesn't, but insurers are looking at, at this very strongly at the moment as, uh, because the cost of a windscreen now is uh, the, the cost of these windscreens is huge, number yes. one. And with the modern windscreens, they all have to be aligned and tied in with the computer system do, of yeah. the of the car, which is nearly actually more expensive than the windscreen. So a windscreen now for a modern car could be setting you up anything between 700 and 1,000 euros. Could, yeah, it could, it could. Is there a possibility, so, looking to the, the, the companies that you deal with day to day, that they may look at when reinsuring people or offering them insurance? You know, the way we're always been told to shop around. Could someone maybe offer a small premium, say if you said, right, you can for an extra 20 quid, you're covered against scooter damage. Is that a possibility? No, I doubt it very much because, really? and the reason I say that with conviction, I suppose, is that the home insurers, who are the exact same companies, that we, we all know the household names, the home insurers are actually excluding uh, the any liability whatsoever from e-scooters. 
So the, the any of them, I, I would say 99.99% of all insurers are now excluding e-scooters. So if you see an e-scooter out there, you can be damn full sure uh, and fairly convinced that there is no insurance whatsoever on it. Yeah. And no, uh, what I mean, as, what I mean, Paul. Sorry, maybe, maybe I miss, maybe I miss, miss voiced the question. Is that when I'm paying my insurance premium, which same in whatever May, October, June, that when my letter comes or when I'm going to a new provider, that they'll say, right, PJ, here's your premium for the next year, for an extra twenty-five quid we can cover you for scooter impact, where the car, the door that would be damaged by a scooter. Is there any likelihood there? No, I'd say no likelihood whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, I hate to be the bearer of I know, no, Paul, I'm, I'm glad. Because they, so these bloody things are lethal. They're lethal. And we've been saying, I mean, there's been complete outcry in Dublin. And actually, would you believe that the bicycle people now, whether you be pedal cycle or e-bike, they're now rising up against them because these people are bullying them out of the the cycle lanes. I've seen that. I've seen that. Bullying them, pushing them out of the way, knocking them. uh, and, And yesterday... When, when I, I, I think we were going to do this yesterday, so I, I was I was over on Patrick Street yesterday at the traffic lights at Dunn Stores, and next thing I was watching this beautiful motorcycle. It was one of those Honda ones, the real big ones that you can have two people up on, and it was passing majestically up Patrick Street. And next thing, all of a sudden, this guy on an e-scooter, he had no lights, he had no viz, he had no he had no helmet, passed him out at high speed. I couldn't believe it. I was dumbfounded. So they're unregulated. They shouldn't be on the road. The legislation is all tied up and there's absolutely no cover. And if if they hit your car, then your insurance is, 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 is going to be hit. Two, yeah, two people have died and 42 people have suffered serious injuries since the start of 2020. That's what we're told officially. Yeah, amazing. And nothing been done about it. Well, the only, in in Dublin, the Gardaí are confiscating them, but God only knows what's going to happen when they get to court. Okay, Paul, thanks. But Gardaí have have had enough. Yeah. No good news for Jen, unfortunately today. No good. Unfortunately. One. All right. Our pass. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Thank you for that, Paul. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I know that over in in uh, Lanzarote, they're in in um, Pertil Carmen they took these grab and go bikes off the street you'll have seen them if you're in Spain if you're on Spain these are just literally grab and go you tap a card you take the bike and then when you're finished with it you put it back in another grab and go frame like like the like the, like the coke bikes downtown it's a, a grab and go e-scooter and they're kept fully charging and all of that and I don't know how much they cost because I've absolutely no interest in them. All I know is they're lethally dangerous. But the mayor of the district there around Pertil Carmen banned them. Now get them things off the road. He said, get them out of here. Because the emergency room in the hospital was full of people who'd come off them, gotten on them half pissed and crashed them, and knocked people down with them. So, yeah, we think it might, actually, it might be three people dead now on e-scooters. There was two last year. And one recent one, a man in his 20s died following a crash involving two e-scooters and a car in Dundalk in County Loud. And that was earlier this month. But unfortunately, no good news 
for Jen. The insurer, if you go to your insurer, Jen, with your little car, they'll fix the damage, but you will be, you will lose. Now, if you have full cover on your no claims discount, but who's got that? I don't know anyone who's got that. I've got the step back thing, but I don't know anybody who's got full cover um, on, on your no claims discount. But regardless, anyway, if you your no claims discount will take a hit if you get that damage repaired on your insurance. And as Paul said, that's unlikely to change anytime soon. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Back up to um, Noonan's Road and the buildings around there in just a sec. Um, we were talking to them a few weeks ago about the state of the place. And that's an ongoing story. But just, and we could probably come back to this another day. Um, but we all talk about signs. You know the way I saw a sign that my nana or my dad or whatever is visiting me or communicating with me. Or I, I had a dream about my, my granddad or my uncle who died six months ago and they talked to me in my dream. And every time we have a discussion like that, we get loads and loads of calls about signs like white feathers and robins and things that shouldn't happen but do. And you'd be inclined to think that's just us, like that's just Irish people, that's just Cork people. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. They did a survey in America in a place called the Pew Research Centre. I'm reading about this from CNN. Uh, They surveyed 5,000 American adults. Uh, It's a decent-sized survey. Over half of them said they had been visited in their dreams by a dead relative or had some kind of a conversation in their dreams with a dead relative. Four out of ten said that had happened to them about three times in a year, that they had felt the presence of a person or seen a sign like a white feather or a robin or something. And, okay, the survey also found that people who would claim to be people of faith, moderately religious... They were more likely to have. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Experience these interests. Just an interesting one. You think it's just purely an Irish thing that we get messages or signs or that our relatives, dead relatives, visit us in our dreams. No, America is the same. We'll talk about that another day, signs that you get. Um, Robins in particular um, and, and white feathers that turn about in nowhere. But it's one we'll come back to. Just thought I'd let you know that they're surveying people in America and it's not just us. It's not just us. We're not just the mad ones. 0818 96 96 96. Now, William O'Brien is chair of the Residence Association in Noonan's Road. Has there been any move, Will, since we were talking last on what might or might not happen with your homes? Good morning. Good morning, uh, PJ. Uh, there's been a lot of developments around um, the commitments that were made by City Council to um, remove rubbish and uh, tackle the rat infestation. Mm-hmm. And that was in- initially commenced about three weeks ago, but um, from meeting with residents um, who have reported um, to myself and to the ECHO about their current circumstances, it seems that um, the rats are actually coming up through the drains. Oh, into people's homes, into, into people's homes. Mm-hmm. So there'd be one, there'd be one block, which is probably, I suppose, affecting four or five people, four or five families. Say. Yeah. And the, um, the situation seems to be, I suppose you call it now, emergency situation where um, they feel they just want out, you know. Yeah, I know that when I was on holidays, uh, there was a delegation from the council went up and Doherty, um, and Mr. Gini and Mr. Duggan went up and, and looked around to see the situation for themselves. But you're telling me, William, that there are people, young families with children, and they have rats coming up the drains? Yes, indeed. Um, so the inspections have been carried out, as promised, by Cork City Council. So the um, debate has been put down into the into the drains. Yeah. And it's been put, in, it's been, been put into um, certain homes as well, with um, rat traps and... Um, you know, we've one young girl who had to move out with her daughter. I think she contacted your show maybe a week ago. Um, so she went into emergency accommodation. And yesterday evening, um, I got a call from a lady who's over 60, uh, who's quite vulnerable, and who said that if she's not put into emergency accommodation, you know, she's going to have a breakdown. You know, so when I was in her flat last night, um, it was just disgusting to see the rat um, in her kitchen again. You know, so that's the third, the third rat in a number of weeks. A and dead one, I hope. Yeah, so um, it's a dead one. Yeah, I sent a picture to your colleague earlier this morning. But even when oh, I, yes, I had met, yeah, like I, I met, I met this lady yesterday, and um, you know, so she's psychosocial issues because of her housing is so substandard. So it's affecting her mental health, her emotional health, 
her financial health. She's thrown out all her her um, food um, last night for the second time in a couple of weeks. And you know, when you meet people face to face, you know, you just you really experience it with them. You know, this is the lady called Rimgita. I'm reading about her in the Echo. Is that her? She said. She said there. No, are, no, no. She's, that's somebody else. She's, no, that that that's that's the the, the person that I that I met last night who's over sixty. Um, she's living underneath her. She's living underneath um, Rimgita. Right. You know, so the the block that the, the, these two people live in with their neighbours is badly affected uh, with rat infestation. Yeah. You know, um, and well, I just feel that it's an emergency situation. I I think, as you know from the reports a couple of weeks ago, Cork County Council closed down a beach in West Cork because of rubbish being that's dumped right. there. Yeah, you know. You know, so that's what I'd be calling for, um, PJ. Uh, emergency situation, not just one van from pest control, yeah. lots of vans, lo- lots of operatives. We're talking about people. We know the structures are defective. That's been reported, you know, but I, I feel, you know, um, we need more action um, and more accountability because um, we can't keep passing the book. Like, if you called, I met this lady last night, um, you know, it, w- it would obviously, sensation of, you know, making sure that the rat was dead. I, I, I took that task on and I said, look, let me check. Um, and then knowing that she's throwing everything out again because she's afraid of getting wheels disease because, you know, she's... She, these rodents coming in and out. Hard to blame her, William. You know. You know. So, someone else, did her child come in and say there was a hamster out on the balcony and it was a dead rat? Yeah, so Rimgita... Um, you know, she's expecting a new baby as well, um, you know, and her home, she's had uh, rodents, you know, in and out of there over the last number of years as well. But seeing the one on the balcony, you know, you know, you know, her daughter uh, could have picked it up, you know, and uh, we, we just don't want to, you know, something serious to happen because that's that's the way um, a beach can be shut down. And because Yeah, I remember reading that story. I, I wasn't long back from holidays, but I was amazing. The council shut down and told people don't swim or don't go near this beach down in West Cork because there were rats on it and whatever action they took, they took. But here we are, they're climbing the walls, they're inside the walls, they're in the ceilings, they're dying in the drains. You're going up to a person's kitchen and there's a dead rat in the corner and nothing's been done about it. Well, I just think there's no urgency. It's like, you know, the pest control will be contacted by this lady you now again this morning. They'll come up, they'll take away the rat, they'll put a new trap there, okay. they'll put, put down more bait. Um, but I think, if you think about it, EJ, if there was one in your own house or in my own house, I wouldn't be able to rest, and my wife wouldn't, and my children. And, and you know, being the man in the house, you'd have to try your best to get it out. Sorry. And what I'm saying, I'm only, an, I'm only an advocate, and I'm supporting these people yeah. because for years they've been advocating on their own. I feel there should be more action by Cork City Council. There's plenty of vans out there that could be deployed up in the, and, and tackle this problem because people are living on their nerves. Yes. It's it's horrific. It is horrific. Yeah, that's the word. It's actually horrific because I have to leave. You know, so this week uh, and last week, I engaged with five or six families in this block and they all told me their own stories. And I'm there saying, I can only do so much. But when it comes to it, I feel like I should do more by advocating on the radio, advocating on the Echo, because I feel that these people are paying their rent, they have tenants' rights, and they have their livelihoods as well, because we're talking about all age groups, you know, that can be affected by this, you know. And coming into the winter time when there's more damp and more cold, 
there'll be more rats and more mice. Like that. Yeah, well, even as, I'd say at the, at the minute, at the minute, PJ, the weather doesn't affect people there because they know the structures have been bad for years. So there's no, like, there's, they're living in their front, some people have told me they're living in their front rooms because it's warm. You know, and the the, win, the windows are effective. We've, we've, we know about all the reports. Um, you know, the, the properties are, you know, in disrepair. But the people, you know, are saying we need more action because the neighbours, alongside the lady that I spoke to, text me and said, can you help Sheila out? Mm. You know, and like when it comes to it, that's a person. Like, you know, she's she's has her, you know, her health needs, but she has her housing needs as well. They're not being met. Yeah, you you, know, you sound Willem like this is getting to you. If you don't mind my saying. Oh no, like no, no, like see. No, I mean as it, in as, as in the things yeah. you're seeing and you feel helpless to do anything about it. Well, I said in the echo, there's there's really no serious attempt to tackle the rat problem up there, and I've been talking to residents from 98th Street who have rats coming from back gardens from St Finbar's Road and Noonan's Road. Whatever is drawing them up there. We don't know, but they're coming up the drains. So, like, it's probably the, the the pest control should be discussing with residents to be more cautious about stuff. But, like, they're, if they're coming up the drains, they're coming in the back gardens. There's no rubbish in, in this block. There's no dumped rubbish in this block. Mm. And the houses that I've been in have been, like, I was in one house with, with this teenager and her mother, and she said that, when she's lying down, she can hear the scratching on the ceiling, and there's a pencil hole. God. So she's afraid in case. So it, it, it's it's rat infestation, you know. So that's what people are living with in this block. And I do know for a fact, a couple of the properties there have been condemned down through the years, and people have moved out, and people are still living in a block that should be con- condemned, you know. And people should be, you know, moved out ASAP, mm-hmm. or else um, pest control there on a, on a, a daily basis, monitoring and maybe more action on that. All right. Okay. William, thank you. Please give our regards to all the people that you're dealing with and always happy to talk to them as well individually if they feel like contacting us. 0818 96 96 96. Thank you, William. Doing great work there. He's the chair of the Residents Association and he's advocating every day he can and every time he can for the people down there living with those awful conditions as he has just described them. Thank you. Thank you, William. According to Donald O'Keefe, who was writing in the Echo? Um, the, the Cork City Council had denied that they were doing nothing about rodent investigation. Uh, some residents had said that Cork City Council had done nothing to address rodent infestation. A council spokesperson said the statement is not true. That's according to the to the Echo. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Back to. Scooters for a second. PJ, on the e-scooters, my understanding on a mechanically propelled vehicle being used in a public road, it has to have appropriate tax and insurance. and The person driving it must hold a licence. If you're caught without any of these driving a car, the guards can seize the car. This doesn't apply to scooters. I'm open to correction, but this is my understanding of the law. Yeah, you're right. At the moment, there's absolutely no law governing those blasted things, except the fact that they shouldn't actually be on the public road. And I know a lot of people use them, and a lot of people love them, and a lot of people use them very safely. That has to be said. But they shouldn't be on the public road. And if they damage someone's car, like they damaged Jen's car, and like they damaged our car during the course of the summer, 
Unless you're prepared to take a hit on your insurance, you have absolutely no comeback. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Showbizzy. On Cork's 96FM. Hey, it's Izzy Show Busy. And I'm coming to the Big Drive Home on Cork's 96FM. Join me next Monday from 4 for the best music mix, all the showbiz and the latest traffic. Plus, you pick the playlist on the takeover each night from 7. Join me next Monday from 4. The Big Drive Home. You can drive me with Izzy Showbizy. Cork's 96FM. 96FM. On the blue moon, and it does look as if we might get to see it tonight. I don't know, is it actually blue? I've never seen one. I don't know, is it actually... No, probably not. Probably not blue. But Eugene has a bit of trivia. He says, the only month of the year you can't have a blue moon is February, because the lunar cycle is 29 and a half days, and February is either 28 or 29 days. Thank you, Eugene. I have a better day now for knowing that. No, I appreciate it, my friend. Actually, next 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 February has 29 days. 2024 is a leap year. 0818969696. Now, here's one that we read this in the Echo and said that's a conversation starter because it's one that you like to throw out to listeners and go, what do you think about this? You'll have heard of it. You'll have read about it. You might have seen about it. That there is the, the Children's Rights Alliance and the National Youth Council and other groups like that want the voting age to be lowered to 16. It would probably take a referendum. I think it probably would take a referendum. But they want the voting age to be lowered to 16. Uh, Starting, I think, with local elections and then moving up eventually to general elections. When I started voting first, or when I was coming up to to begin to vote, it was 21 and then it was lowered to, to 18. And I've never... I'm proud to say I've never missed an opportunity to vote since then. But should it be cut back to 16 or brought down to 16? John Dolan was writing about it in the Echo at the weekend. John, you've three teenage kids and, and the article, three teenage boys, I think, and the article takes the form of an imaginary conversation with them. It's quite funny, but I think it leads you to conclude that you're not in favour of extending the vote to 16-year-olds. Morning, John. Ah, good morning, Peter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I wrote it as a kind of a, a humorous article, but it's a serious subject, really. And uh, I do have three teenage boys, but it's obviously based on a composite of them yeah. and every 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 sixteen, seventeen year old boy and girl, and my own experiences. And yeah, I mean, I, I know where people are coming from. You know, to widen to widen the vote sounds sounds great, doesn't it? And uh, getting sixteen and seventeen year olds engaged with politics and issues of the day, you know, it, it sounds important and all that. But I think ultimately, you know, I, I have to say that I just think it's too young. I think 18 is about the right the right stage, you know, for, for people to be able to to get the vote and to be privileged enough to do that, you know. It's an interesting topic, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I do think overall it's just, just they, they lack, I don't know, they, they lack the maturity, I suppose, the life experiences, you know, they're not paying tax, most of them at that age mm. anyway. Um, you know, so so I just think overall, I just think, no, it, not for me. I think they, they, they might be too easily swayed um, by certain politicians of certain shoes, you know, yeah. uh, maybe 
from extreme right wing or from extreme left wing or whatever. Um, and it might skew the kind of general vote um, from, from what I would call adults who are 18 and over, you know. Your, your own teenagers, have you had an actual discussion with them about it? Yeah, and you know, it's like like most teenagers, um, and I think girls tend to be to mature a little sooner than boys, I, I would say. But you know, certainly with, with with my own boys now. Now we're not a political household, so they've not been brought up in that environment anyway. But you know, we do debate passionately things of topics of the day and stuff that's on the news, obviously, and things like that. Um, but you know, they they just don't they don't really engage with it, and I think that's the vast majority of them would be the same. You know, they they're kind of aware of this sense that there's governments and there's political parties and there's TDs and councillors but they don't really sort of you know they, they don't they're not into it that much you know there's other things that that get them that get them going a bit more music and you know let them let them be children for a little bit longer I I think you know is, is my kind of take on it you know yeah like if your local TD walked up and knocked on the front door would your youngsters know who he or she was Possibly one of them, possibly one of them, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if they didn't. If they just said, "Oh, there's there's some guy or there's some lady coming down the drive with some leaflets," don't know who they are. <laughs> and as a parent of teenagers, John, what mm. things bothered them? What troubles them that they talk to their dad about? Yeah, not the kind of you know. When we think about the next election and the big issues, obviously housing is really important to so many people. But to sixteen and seventeen year olds, it you know, they're not at that stage. So housing isn't something that would turn them on in terms of politics, for, for one. You know, they, they don't really, you know, if, if you said to them, what do you think of the health system? They'd probably give you a blank look because, you know, God God forbid that they, they didn't have any kind of encounters with hospitals and things like that at a young age. But, um, you know, and again, it's just that li- life experience. It's lacking. So I, it's difficult to say really what would get the juices flowing on a political front. I mean, the instant answer you'd expect would be climate change. But I, even climate change, I just think young teenagers, they're not as switched on as 18, 19 and, and younger 20s people are with climate change. It's almost something that's happening somewhere else to somebody else since the kids that age. So, you know, you expect climate change and environment to be really important. But my own experience is that mm, there's a kind of sense that it's not really about them so much. When they get a few years older, they start looking at, at us, their um, parents and thinking, you wrecked the whole world on us. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, we don't want we don't want our children to be turning on us at the ballot box. Come on, but yeah, it's 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 true, you know. And but you know, it's it's funny because you know, I think maybe people who don't have children think that the kids, you know, kids are coming home and they're kind of mooching around and saying, "Oh no, the planet's gone," and you know, what are we going to do? And that's not the case at all. That they live in the moments a lot more, don't they? I mean, life is kind of the end of the week is a lifetime away when you're that age, and it's more important, you know, the most important thing in their world is is kind of you know, does my haircut look cool? You know, you know. I don't want to belittle them or be condescending, of course, but, of you know, um, but you know, but you know, because obviously there's some who would be very engaged with politics at a very young age. We know that, you know, there's people who become councillors, you know, in the early twenties and things, which is great. But yeah, I, I'm just talking about the kind of the majority of my own life experiences, and I'm talking about myself as well. I yeah. mean, if I'd been given the vote at sixteen, you know, heaven only knows what I would have done. I, I may well have just asked my parents and, and either voted accordingly with them or like a lot of kids gone oh to hell with you I'm going to vote for the others you know that kind of thing you know which is not really what you want at the ballot box really do you I'm old enough to remember when they brought the voting age to 18 and and I remember Mm. the discussion at the time and and people saying oh god no they're too young they're way too young at 18 and I'm there at 17 and a half and there's an election coming up going excuse me who do you think you're talking to I can't wait to vote (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, even you know, are the two years in anybody's life that are more different than sixteen and eighteen? You know, I True. think it's the two of the biggest growth years in terms mentally, physically, in emotionally, every which way. It's it's just a huge leap. You know, those those few years um, where, where you can honestly say somebody who's eighteen, they need to be responsible. They need to act like an adult. You know, they need to think about things. You know, whereas at sixteen, they're still. You know, most of them are still kind of you know children in, in appearance and in, and in the way they think so you know bringing it down to 18 you know i'm sure at the time there were people like me who were saying oh no way that they're far too young but 18 is to me is a world away 18 is is you know you can you know you can get your own place you can get married you know you can go mm. see the world uh, at 16 you know you wouldn't want you to send off your children to australia for a year at that young age it's just it's, it's just a big difference there's a massive amount happens in those in those two years it's, it's a discussion point one throwing out to see what what people think I imagine it would be the non-establishment parties would be more in favour of this. I couldn't see the the old stagers. Mm. They're not going to be in favour of this, I would have thought. No, I, I think that if you did, if you gave the vote to, you know, you're probably talking about hundreds of thousands, you know, tens of thousands of people in, in the country who are 16 and 17 who would be suddenly eligible to vote. I would assume that definitely the Greens and possibly Sinn Féin would be the most beneficial, you know, they would get the most benefit from it, I think. Yeah. I mean, we know from various polls that Sinn Féin, younger voters certainly are, are really kind of going, you know, going to Sinn Féin a lot more than the next generation of. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's funny, you, you know, you look across the broad spectrum and there does seem to be quite a lot of support for this, even from, you know, the parties that may not necessarily benefit at the ballot box. Mm. You know, even some of them, quite a few of them seem to think that this is a good idea. So, you know, maybe they're thinking along the lines of let's engage people at a young age and get them interested in the issues of the day. Um, you know, but no. yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to say it's not for me, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's one that isn't going to go away. And that's how all these things start. Before I let you go, John, you are, of yes. course, the editor of The Holly Bow, and by my calculations, it is less than 70 days before Holly Bow 2023 hits the streets. A busy few weeks ahead. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But it's a very busy time. I mean, it's it's always busy in the summer, PJ, with the Hollybow. It's such a, a giant uh, beast of a thing to, you know, and there's so many stories in it. But yeah, and you know, funnily enough, you, you've just caught me. Literally, literally today, I, I, I found the, the final version of the artwork for this year's cover so there you go two oh, months wow. before we print but we have the cover there it's, it's wrapped up in a dark secret i can't give you any hints at the moment it's a beautiful cover one of the best i've ever seen have you got a publication date it's always you know the, the jazz weekend you know the tuesday after the bank holiday that's the day it prints and then it takes a few days then for it to distribute around and normally the early the first week of november it's there, it's on the streets, you know, that'll be then. So, yeah, it's 70 days, you've just given me a heart attack now. Actually, John, less than 65. Just wanted to put that. <laughs> and I look forward to having my article ready in a couple of weeks' time and uh, look forward to having the privilege of being printed in the Hollywood this year. I'll tell listeners more about it when it's out. John, a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks Great. very much. Thanks, PJ. Thanks, have a good one. Cheers. Cheers, John. Yeah, I will be, I've been asked to do a few words in the Hollywood this year it's a great privilege um, I'll tell you more about it as we get closer to it but uh, less than 70 days till the arrival of the Cork Holly but as for the voting rights being extended to 16 year olds how would you feel about that would you be alright with that 16 year olds going out to vote in the local elections day, which are in May of next year would you like 16 year olds to be able to vote in those elections the minds are live. Hello. 
Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Parks 96FM. And we threw that one out to the floor there before 11 o'clock uh, after talking to John Dolan, and indeed we will podcast that interview. Um, let you think about it overnight maybe come back to it tomorrow what would you think of the idea of giving 16 year olds the vote think about the snotty teenager that sat with a sullen face at your breakfast table this morning in their school uniform but not wanting to go to school didn't mumble one civil word to you until they left the house (laughs) would you give them the vote I know I'm being unfair Would would you give them the vote John Dolan says no. Other people would say yes. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. I think it's worth it. It's worthy of a of a conversation. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text to WhatsApp. 083 396 96 96. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. One thing I've never claimed to be an authority on is the dating game. In fact, truthfully, I haven't a clue what it must be like to date in 2023 when I was dating you kind of went out and there was people there and you met someone and you took it from there and sometimes that fell in its arse and sometimes you landed well for a while I've often told the story about myself and the Queen Bee and how we met it wasn't even a formal date at all we met I was DJ at a 21st birthday party and she was there at the party and she came up looking for a a song a Prince song actually and as luck would have it I had bought Prince's new album that very day so I put it on and uh, she said to me you know what you do now when they take the break she was very forward with my my missus then (laughs) when they take the break for the for the um, sandwiches and stuff would you put on the whole album and just play it she said what I will actually so she, good, she, if you do that, I'll buy you a pint. So she bought me a pint. She was wearing a white dress. She was. She bought me a pint of Guinness and I promptly spilt it all down her front. And we've been married for nearly 30 years. But dating is so, so different now. Um, and you hear all sorts of horror stories and people spending a fortune and ending up meeting morons or meeting creepy people, which is even more uh, undesirable. So Ramona, you got the idea to set up the dating agency. Uh, it's amazing no one had ever grabbed that name before, but here you are. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. We'll talk about the agency in in a sec, but I, I imagine the whole game has completely changed and it's a nightmare trying to trying to meet somebody now. Yeah, it's all online. So most people that I've come across, they're all online dating. And if they're not online dating, it's super hard to find somebody. Because people, after, I think after COVID, to be honest, a lot of people stopped talking to, to people that are different groups. Mm-hmm. So people kind of just stick into their own. So it's like before you used to go around and you, know, you could chat to someone outside in the bar and stuff like that. It doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. It's like less than likely to happen. So people are starting to online date or go to agencies. So... Okay. 
Yeah. In the so early I mean, days of the smoking ban, people met in smoking shelters and ended up married with, with, with several. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I just think, I think COVID really did um, stop people from meeting in public. Do you know, it's all online. To be honest, yeah. I've mostly people I've come across that have met are online dating. Okay. You know, um, and I think it works for some people. Like I always go by the fact that like there's so many people online dating. It has to work for some people. It's like it's a numbers game, where like if you're out and about or you're like in general, it doesn't really work. Like it works for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. So I wanted to change that and maybe a bit more affordable prices than the rest of my competitors. And what 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 opportunities did you spot? That, that you were able to, to turn into the dating agency? Well, I started singles events. So my company was something different events. So I started singles events. And people thought it was a really good idea, but I don't think they were brave enough to go. And I got advice of someone before, and they're saying this, this country is not great for events like that because people want their business to be private. It's a bit parochial. That's the word they said. Yeah. So I decided to kind of check around what was around as the agency's form and the prices and all that kind of stuff. And I just found that, like, they were very expensive. There was no, like, um, base down in the south of the country. Like, I wouldn't go near Dublin. They have a few lows in Dublin. They have a few in Limerick. But in Cork, in the south of Cork, south of the country, they had none. So I decided to set people up. I decided to set up an agency to set people up right. in a private manner. I'll be talking to Sarah in a minute, and yeah. and uh, she's one of your clients, and things are going very well for her so far. And I'll be talking yeah. to her about that. But you 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 meet people first. You ask them a lot of questions. You you yeah. build a file on them. Yeah, yeah. So we get a, like a good idea on what they want, who they are, what their hobbies are, and what they really want in a partner. Because you know, physically, you know, even mentally, you know, what they want for the future themselves. So we have to get a good idea on who they are and what they want. Because if you don't, you can just set them up with the right person. And my whole ethos is with the company is I won't set you with someone that isn't in your criteria. So mm. if you want a tall fella, I won't be sending you with a small fella. Do you know that kind of way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Which I you... think is important because I have a lot of people from my company that are from have had experiences and they've had really bad experiences. So I'm trying to change that, yeah. you know? It, it sounds as if you're sort of drawing up, if I was your client now, you'd you'd meet me and you'd talk to me and then draw up almost a spreadsheet on me and then you'd have another person whose spreadsheet, for want of a better word, you'd drawn up and you'd put the two on top of each other and go, that might work. Yeah, but I also kind of take account of their personalities as well because they quite might want the same things in paper but their personalities wouldn't suit. Yes. So you have to keep in con- you have to kind of make sure that their personalities will fit each other, that they'll complement each other well. Mm, like you know? a, a simple thing with me, music. Music I, is mm-hmm. so important in my life. Um, if yeah. someone, I couldn't possibly have any kind of a relationship with a person who didn't like music. Yeah, I told, yeah, and that's one of your criteria. So your non-negotiable would be, like, you'd have to have someone that likes music. music. Doesn't I matter what music, it doesn't matter what music, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. music. And same yeah. way, I suppose, with things like sport and... Like you don't, you don't want to get dragged out to a game match on a wet, a wet Sunday in, in in February, if that's what you unless that's what you like to do. Exactly, yeah. I have a few people know my few clients would be like they must like uh, or they have to like rugby so we can go to matches together. Do you know? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, like I have a load of I have a range of clients that want and different things. Yes. Do you know, and they're all lovely people. They're all absolutely lovely people. I have lots of men over fifty. I need women over 50 and I have a few girls that are under 50 I need a few men under 
Yeah, yeah. Who, who are most anxious to get, if you want, Men, matched? actually. Really? Yeah, men. Um, mm. Well, how, I'm anxious to get them all set up, but men, the older men are coming in, actually, like I don't know what. Right. I need the older women, which usually agencies that have problems with men to get right. men, so I'm, I'm I don't su- know. I'm surprised at that. I mean, older yeah. men um, would remember how it used to be done. Yeah, I know. But they're kind of, I suppose they're at a stage where, like, they're all retired, their kids are grown up. They just want companionship, like, yeah, yeah. you know, they just want company, they want the right person. And they're all lovely people, you know. Like, mm. I have, everyone in them are, like, professionals, they were working, they're either retired. Mm. They're just really nice people, you know. So I usually take on really nice people as well, because you kind of get a feel for them as well. Yeah. And I'd know myself if, you know, they weren't they weren't suitable to the agency. And I always, I have a girl up in Dublin, she's a massive agency. So if any of the clients that don't fit my agency, I will always send them up to her. She's got thousands of people on her agency. And so it could be better for a date, yeah. you know. It's kind of pay-as-you-go then, is it? Yes, pay-as-you-go. So you only pay for the services you avail of, which I thought was the fairest thing at all. Because I could have clients on my um, system because the way of my ETOS works, I won't set you up with someone that doesn't suit you. So you could be on my system for a while. So I just thought it was unfair at this day and age with the climate, the you know, the financial climate, that I wouldn't have clients pay for something that they're not getting. So it's only pay as you go. So you pay for 40 euro for the consultation and then 40 euro for a date. Oh, I see. And that's it. I see, I see. And have you had success so far? I have. I have, have like, to the girl you were talking to, like, she's practically a success couple now because they are they're a weak feature. Like, you know, they're really happy to get her. They're going on a date just to finalise everything and then they're out of the agency. I have another couple that I really to her only four months. Like I set them up in the first month, and they're going strong ever since. That's fantastic. That's fantastic, Ramon. It's it's as I said. I'm would I wouldn't have a clue what to do tomorrow. I not wouldn't have a notion where to start. I think if I was starting though, I might start with you, uh, the dating agency, and they can you can email the dating agency cork at gmail dot com. You're on Instagram, and all of that. Uh, and, um, and, and, and if they and want to call me as well, that'd be great as well. There's no problem. Fantastic. Best of luck with that then. Ramona, the dating agency, Cork-based new, doing old school dating. And they learn about you. They match you up and sort you out. They've got a level of success. Um, um, I'll be chatting to Sarah, who is one of those, almost anyway, ready to call herself a success story. Next, 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Keep you thinking about that vote for the under 16-year-olds. Would you let 16-year-olds and older vote in the elections. Uh, we'll podcast the interview with John Dolan later. You make your mind up if you haven't heard that. If not, just tell me off the top of your head how you think or how you feel. 0818 96 96 96. Now, chatting before the break with Ramona from the dating agency, doing it sort of old school, the way she explained it. Now, Sarah, you're a client of the, the dating agency and... Um, it's going well so far. Morning. Good morning. How are you, PJ? Very good. You're going out soon on the third date with someone that you that you met. Yeah, through the agency. How hard is it to meet somebody these days, Sarah? 
It's actually very hard. I just find the online scene, um, like people are just looking for hookups or a pen pal and have no interest in meeting up and just wasting your time. Um, it's just very hard out there at the moment. Um, and I just think since COVID as well, especially even on a night out, it's hard because people are obviously investing time and in meeting up with their friends and it's just not the same socially when you go out even mm. at the moment. How long have you been single? Um, I'm single now nearly two years. Nearly two years. Were you trying the online? Yeah, I've kind of been on, I suppose, maybe two dates a month nearly from the online, on and off. Yeah. Um, but I just find even when I do meet people, they, there's no interest in putting in the effort. Um, I feel that they just want convenience or... You know, just want someone to go on holidays with or just to meet up for a hookup, basically, that they have actually no interest in finding a partner. The, yeah, they just want, like you said, a hookup or to use that old word, a quickie, and then yeah. on to the next date. But that's not what you wanted. You wanted to find someone for a general relationship and, and, yeah. and whatever. So, did, did you have some guy in the past who, who asked you for money after you went home? It was one of my friends, actually. She went on a date with the guy and he wanted to come home with her. And she had said, oh, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think so, not tonight. So he actually revelated her for the dinner they'd gone for that day. He and wanted her it. half of the dinner, was it? Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, no. Oh, no. So you're on your, heading up your third date date with so without telling me anything about him you obviously are keeping it very much to yourself and that's your right so how did how was what was the difference with the dating agency how did it work so I met up for an initial consultation with Ramona and um, so at the start the consultations are free they're 40 euro consultation now at the moment mm. so I met up for a coffee and a chat and she had a list of questions for me so it was very detailed um, which I didn't know what to expect because I had inquired before about an online dating agency, but they were saying they wanted €350 for a consult, and it was going to be another €650 to guarantee me three dates in 12 months. That's a 1,000 quid. Exactly, and in this day and age, you know, with the cost of everything, that's obviously not money that anyone has, you know, aside for a date, (laughs) so to say. So, um... When we met up, she had a list of questions and just wanted to know about me, you know, what kind of guy I wanted, what attributes, what my interests were, you know, um, like asking questions like, what, you know, did it bother me what profession or what shift pattern they worked or how far was I willing to travel for a date? Um, it was very detailed, which mm-hmm. I was very impressed because I wasn't expecting, like even some of the questions I just often think, you know, like about yourself as well, your pros and yeah. cons and... What, give me some of the questions that were there that you might you might not have been expecting. Um, I suppose some of the questions, um, for example, like how far I was willing to travel, like I suppose I hadn't thought of that. I was like, oh, I suppose up to an hour away, you know. Mm. Um, whereas when, you know, when you're on the altitude, you set your distance, you don't even think about it. Um, or even there, the profession, like shift pattern, like I hadn't thought about that before, you know, if someone did shift work with that, with, with that me or like yeah. you know if they were Monday to Friday because obviously if they were over an hour away that was going to affect yeah. up and progressing and if you're working um, if you're working nine to five and they're working nights it ain't gonna work is it exactly yeah like things like that that I just had thought about yeah. um but she was very detailed and then you know it, about, it took me maybe two three weeks later I heard from her then and she said she'd found someone 
Um, so I like went on that initial date, and I actually felt that she really had listened to me. Like he was, you know, I enjoy travelling and you know enjoy outdoor activities, and he had all the attributes that we'd a lot in common. Right. Like the first date was actually we're over three hours talking because wow. we had so much to talk about and so much in common because she'd really listened That's to what I said. And I take it that Ramona had also had the same conversation. With guy, yeah, with, with, oh, okay. and like the communication was amazing, like had rang me, had sent me photos of this guy, had told me a bit of a background about him, um, had rang me to set up a date that suited, yeah. um, she set up the initial date, she told us where we were meeting, what time we were meeting, and even rang me that day as well to tell me what he'd be wearing just so we'd recognise each ah. other, because obviously we only had pictures of each other, we'd never had a conversation, um, she was communicating between the two of us, and then mm-hmm. as well, like even... For example, we were meeting at six o'clock. Like she even rang me at quarter to six to say he's just walking in there now, just so you knew, you know, nice. just so you weren't waiting around. And like afterwards, then she, I just gave her a text and it was over, and she rang me then just asked, how did they go? How did they feel? Um, like it was just great communication and like a great follow up as well. I just felt like she really invested the time as well right. in putting in the effort for the match. So, so we're we're at the fingers crossed stage, are we, Sarah? We are. <laughs> good. Um, yeah. So hopefully now we'll see how it goes. Good, good. Well, best best of luck. Let me know if I need to buy a new hat, as Silla no Black problem. used to say once. I'll send on the invite. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, you were saying to Imra, I think, a lot of young people just don't bother now anymore. Yeah, like even I was out there recently, you said about a month ago, and I met a guy and he was single and we were just chatting away. And he just said, look, to be honest with you, you're a lovely girl, but I'm just going to be straight with you. I've actually no interest in a relationship. Hmm. I'm, you know, I work hard. I'm building my house. And he goes, I look at my brother and he's got three kids and I don't want that. I don't want that effort in my life. Hang on, hang on, (laughs) Sissu. I was just talking about coffee. Yeah. Like, we were literally just on a night out. I met him randomly in the bar. We were chatting away. I say I was talking to him for two hours at this stage when he literally just turned around and said, just letting you know, you're really nice, but I'm not looking for anything because I just want the single, simple life. <laughs> Talk about commitment phobia or what, like. Yeah. Well, look, I wish you the best of luck um, at the fingers crossed stage. Clearly, Ramona knows what she's at. Yeah. She had sent on, like, loads of other guys, um... And, you know, like she had put the time and effort into them. It was just, you know, obviously there were certain attributes I was like, oh, I wasn't sure about. So I did find that she really put the time in and really invested. And, you know, the dates I was sent on, they did, like, she had listened to everything I had said. Good luck in whatever happens with this date. And talk again soon. Take care, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You really hope it goes... Well, for them, that's their their third date, and Ramona reckons it's all gone so well that they'll eventually just go off together and leave the agency. Which would be nice, wouldn't it? Be nice. Might need to get a new shirt and tie for that occasion, <laughs> rather than a new hat. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I met my wife on a far scheme. <laughs> a far scheme. That's even better than my one. I met my wife on a far scheme. We'll be married twenty eight years next month. I learned a lot on that course. I bet you did. Bet you did. Yeah, the flight's over Ballancolig this morning. We think that there may have been a scheduled flight. PJ, I think that flight was scheduled, probably to Lanzarote. My sister and her husband are due to fly out of Cork last night. Flight was due to leave at 4 a.m. to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is in Gran Canaria. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Same part of the world. 4 a.m. Seems very early 
for Cork Airport. I think they only open at 4am. Hmm. Could have been. Could have been. Uh, one of the single men with some men, single men on the show last month. Is this when I was away? I don't remember. Oh, Dennis is after calling and he will be uh, getting in touch with Ramona to see can he get himself sorted in the dating game. We'll keep an eye on that one. That'll be good. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. A lot of similar messages coming in on e-scooters. Um, we'll let you hear this again on podcast later, but I was talking to Paul Cavanagh from McCarthy Insurances this morning on foot of an email from Jen, who's quite distressed because her little car is only a few weeks old, brand new, lovely red car. She picked it up from the garage and this scooterist careered into the side of her left. Nice little dent, nice little scrape. And 600 quid it'll cost her to fix it. If she puts it through her insurance, then she will lose her discount. And she figures that's unfair. I do too. Um, But unfortunately, Paul said that unless you have a lot of discount protection, yes, you will. You lose your discounts and there isn't really any plans in the mix for it to be any way different, which is very unfortunate. I'll come back to some of your comments on voting for the 16-year-olds among us too. John Dolan from The Echo saying, no, they're too young, they're just not ready. Some people disagreeing, some people agreeing. Bernie wouldn't be in favour of bringing down the voting age to 16. But she said, let's throw the cat among the pigeons here. Why not raise it again to 20 or 21? Because, well, Colin Burke thinks that's the age you should be allowed to buy tobacco. Does it make any sense to be lowering the age of voting to 16 but trying to stop people having a cigarette or a vape until they're 21? Something wrong there, says Bernie. Bernie has a small pot and a large spoon, which is kind of typical of Bernie, but thank you. Uh, I'd be thinking of the young adults, says Kevin, doing the Leaving Cert politics, of course. Then I'd ask the Scottish how it went for them. The days of children should be seen and not heard should well be over by now. I agree with John Dolan. At 16, you're really on just the cusp of serious responsibility at best. And you've no life experience. People need to try things out and study how the world works. I'm glad you're talking about it because it is being pushed as an idea. I have a house full of boys here. I love them to death. But are they ready to vote? Absolutely not. Liam is in Brough. Hello, County Limerick. It's the system they should be changing, not the age. It's all too centralised around RTE and the doll, and it reflects only a tiny number of concerns. I wouldn't have a problem with changing the age limit because a lot of that age group really do discuss important issues among themselves in school and in college. They probably know more than us, really, but decentralisation is always talked about and never happens. That has to happen First, oh wait, one eight ninety six, ninety six, ninety six. I don't know how I'd feel. I'll have to make my mind up how I feel about giving sixteen year olds the vote. But I do remember being seventeen and a half, and 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 watching the result of it being brought in for eighteen, and really, 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 really wanting to vote. So I can imagine that some people might feel. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox ninety six FM. Now 
Well, back to the airports. Everything seems to be working out okay from a Cork point of view. Um, herself is home, my daughter's home, safe back on terra firma, so that all goes well that way. Now, um, who's that? I don't have a name here on the screen. Hello there. How are you doing? Oh, oh, Lennon. Okay. Right. oh, you're Lennon and you're stuck in John Lennon Airport. Oh, I'm, yeah, I was Lennon's con- stuck in John Lennon Airport. You can't bear it, by. <laughs> but at least in your own place. At least in your yeah. own place. Sorry about that, lads. I completely misreading <laughs> that. So how long have you been there now? We've been in the airport since about 12 o'clock yesterday. Okay. And you were supposed to come and to Cork? Flight, yeah, our flight was supposed to be at 20 to 2. Okay. And it, they delayed it and then cancelled that about five minutes later. Okay. Okay, so what have you been doing since? We had to check into the airport hotel overnight. Right. And we got to get our flights changed to tonight for 9 o'clock. So now we're stuck in Liverpool till at least 9 o'clock again. But that's if they don't cancel the flights. But we're right there, they most likely will because they're useless. Well, well, we've been told from Britain this morning that these changes could last until Thursday or Friday because of getting everything back on on schedule. Most of Ryanair seems to be working okay this morning. Were you were you covered for the airport hotel? Was it were you, was it covered uh, for you? No, they said to us that we had to go over and pay for the hotel and then we'd bring them a receipt and they'd reimburse us. Okay. Well, I hope that will I hope it's, that will happen for you. They'd want to like Yeah, so but, you're in the um, airport now with nothing to do. We're in the airport just sat here having breakfast for the last hour. Okay. We're just stuck here with nothing to do. Okay. And then uh, we, we're not entitled to a compensation then because, uh, according to them, it's such an unforeseen circumstance that they shouldn't pay out. Oh, if it, anything, that's the reason they should pay out. Give like. it a go anyway. Give it. There are many, yeah. you have many people have many rights and entitlements under international law. Uh, I was, only, yeah. again, hearing a discussion over this late last night. People have rights and entitlements under international law. And, yeah, you might get pushed back on it, but give it a go anyway. But was it business or pleasure had you in Liverpool? Uh, pleasure. We were just over here for two nights, uh, me and three of the boys. Okay. And we came over just for a nice little weekend, like, because we'd seen the flights were as cheap as a taxi in and out of the city centre. And <laughs> now it's just actually going way up from that, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you there for a match or what? No? No, no, no. None of us are Liverpool fans. We just came over just to go on the lash. Go, and and was, was there a good lash to be had? There, there was a brilliant lash to be had, no, PJ. <laughs> and... Being in Liverpool and introducing yourself to people, hello, my name is Lennon, that's a new one. It, it is a new one, but they were all too drunk to even cop it. <laughs> but come here, how, Those did you, how did you end up with a name like Lennon? Not that it's it's a fabulous name, it's unusual. I've, I've never in my life come across anybody with a first name Lennon. It's after John Lennon. I thought it might be. You, was it? What, yeah. your, your parents were big fans, yeah? Yeah, my dad, so it's Lennon John. Le- you're joking. I swear to God. <laughs> Lennon, John. That's Lennon, John O'Manny. <laughs> Lennon, John O'Manny. That's gas. Like he, like he could have called you John <laughs> Lennon O'Manny. I know, but you know, I, I like the Lennon. There's a bit of originality to it. Oh, yeah. You're there. Oh, you're there with Colin Dunlop. Or his son, is it? What is it? One, one of your gang there. We know. Um, Colin, Colin's son. Colin, son, yeah, Jack. Jack, yeah. <laughs> I'd say, man, I, I write a bunch of chancers now over, over there for the week, I'd say, having a laugh. I know. <laughs> All right, well, listen, Lennon, John, you have a safe flight home when it comes. Don't do too much. When are you supposed to board? Uh, we're supposed to board at about half eight. 
might there be a point or two involved between now and then? There could be a point or two involved, PJ. We'll have to look further into that now. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with it. It looks as if things are getting back on schedule. So here's hoping. Yeah, hopefully. Home. All right. Look after yourself. Lennon John. There's a new one now. A fella called Lennon John. Because his dad was such a fan. That's, fa- that's fabulous. I love that. I, I genuinely, when I looked up, I said, I don't see a name here. He's stuck in John Lennon Airport. His name is Lennon. Well, he's in his own airport. He might as well enjoy himself. 0818 96 96 96. Right. Now, Dennis. Dennis, Dennis you, has been in possession of, of photographs for, for quite some time, shall we say. Um, you came across these a very long time ago, Dennis, and you've kind of, at this stage, made it your life's work to re- return them to their owners if you can find their owners. This this is a great story, John. How did you come across them? Good morning. How are you, Peter? Very good, sir. Yeah, the, the history of the photographs was actually, they were discovered in a pocket of a jacket that I bought from Littlewoods, Ireland. And uh, when I put my hand in the pocket, I found two rows of photographs. I immediately plan to Little Woods to see if they would um, find out who who owned them. For people who yeah. wouldn't recognise yeah. the name, Little Wood was a clothing catalogue. Uh, yeah, when did you buy the jacket? That was in 1998. Oh, so you've it had them a, quite a while. Yeah, yeah. But um, initially, I wasn't sure whether to get them developed. Not too sure what was on them, but when they got developed, there were one of the films just came out blank. Probably the cleaning that they had when the jacket was returned could have banked them. That was my first question. How how did they get into a, the pocket of a jacket that you bought from a catalogue, you'd wonder? The, the jacket is actually seen worn by the, the father of the child in a black jacket. I mean, it's something that a lot of people would have done, you know, get clothing and use it once and return it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That trick isn't new. That trick. So he, he obviously bought the jacket, wore yeah. it to the christening, and then returned it to Littlewoods, and, and they duly cleaned it and, and sold it on to you. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, there must, have been, there must have been a lot of words spoken in the house when, uh, when that was discovered, <laughs> that they went missing. The pictures were missing, so you, you found them. That was in 1998. Why did you wait to get them developed? I wasn't too sure what was on the films, you know, at that stage. Mm. So eventually I brought them in to ensure it was one hour photo at that stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went back to collect them, and I see no guardie around, I knew they were innocent enough. We're so, talking about an era, of course, Dennis. That's almost gone. I don't know where does anyone get photographs developed anymore. They're all on our phones. We're going to get them printed off our phones. So handing in a roll of film to be developed. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's much easier. I know everything will be backed up from the minute that you take it. But at that time, the films was were the only record they were taken between the 9th of September and the 11th. When did you get them developed? I got them developed maybe about a year later before the expiry date of the film. I see. To okay. make so sure that... Um, just before 2000? Yeah, yeah. And um, there was sort of no outlet to advertise the pictures to see who who owned them, except for newspapers would have been the best idea at the time, you know, to, to print them, but they, they had no interest in it. Did you get back on to Littlewoods at all and say, come here, I found this in, in 
in the gym. Yeah, and they just insisted it was new from the factory that, you know, couldn't okay. have happened. That there was, Fair enough. There Fair was enough. no one would have had them before, but that was their attitude to it. But um, later on when Facebook came along, I put them up on Facebook in 2009. Right. And there was a bit of traction on it. A lot of people thought they might have known them. Eventually it fizzled out. So I put it back up in 2013. There was more interaction, a lot of leads on it, but none of them came to pass. There was, um, there was a priest who got in contact with me to say that maybe it was a Church of Ireland, Church of England, that he had visited most churches. Right. And maybe it wasn't in, in Ireland at all. There was a lot of um, indications that it was around Kerry. And I went down there and had a look at a couple of churches from the outside. The stained glass was fairly distinctive. But so you, I, you, you I, did I, your detective work? Yeah. yeah. Um, even today, I know there was someone suggested that it could be in um, Lower Glamour um, next to the, the church next to the boathouse. I'll, I'll take a trip down later and have a look but um, yeah it's it's a real modern day mystery how uh, you know with, you'd assume on Facebook that someone would know him but yeah still mm. still ongoing <laughs> you're assuming it's it's in Ireland yeah I thought it was but uh, the conversations with people that reckon maybe that it could be in England maybe Scotland it could be could be anywhere in, in, in um, the UK or Ireland. Mm. But um, I based one of the assumptions that the church was called um, St. Brendan's because the, the um, board of St. Brendan was in the background. Mm. Um, so it was easy enough to look up every one of them. But um, none of them seemed to match. Yeah. There, there, there could be, you know, it could be a church that has closed down since. Yeah, and um, one of the ones in Scotland was sort of moved and rebuilt as a as a modern church. Right, but um, yeah, it's it's um, I was hoping it would be in Ireland and still continue to. Yeah. to I'm, I'm fascinated at your your powers of detection that you spot things like that, like a link to Saint Brendan and and all that. Like this sounds like this isn't your first rodeo. You've done this before. Um, well, only with these photographs, really. It's about um. I'd say 25 years looking, but I, I like to um, have, you know, detect things about history and things like that. So I start to take notice of, of things in the photograph to try and narrow down mm. um, where it is and try and get a clue. You, um, a lovely YouTube video, which I watch, and I think I think we should share it to see oh, if yeah, our listeners cool. can pick up on the pictures because we've listeners, and I'm very proud to say we've listeners all over the world. So you yeah, never yeah. know. That'd be brilliant, yeah. And um, I, I sent the link as well to the original photographs of some of them to the, have a look at them to see okay. if they, they would know anyone. And I blew up um, some of the things in the background. Unfortunately, with 1998 film, that um, yeah. you still can't get a high enough resolution on it. Yeah. Nothing um, like a car registration comes up anywhere, yet, no? No, no, nothing like that. Uh, never that easy. <laughs> um, it's... Um, Mostly clues about the church. There was one picture um, of the outside of the, of the house that they were living in, but it could be any house in mm. in Ireland mm. or England. We'll share everything that you've sent us, and we can put the the word out. You, yeah. you see, sometimes with these things, Dennis, the answer might only be across the road. Yeah, so, that's so, what so, I'm hoping, yeah. so in 1998, 
Somebody bought a jacket, a leather jacket from Littlewoods. Um, yeah, right. it, it was actually just um, you know a, a black jacket. A black jacket, a, a black jacket yeah. from, from yeah. Littlewoods catalogue, and then wore it once and sent it back. And hey, look, no judgment here. Wore it once to a christening, sent it back, and then where the hell are my christening photographs? <laughs> they were in the pocket of the jacket. Yeah, you subsequently bought the jacket. Yeah, found the photographs. You have them since nineteen ninety eight. Wouldn't and, it uh, be? Wouldn't it be just amazing? Yeah, be brilliant. I mean, hopefully they'll be reunited by the time the child retires from work. You can use them. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and and the tip is the the christening we think was in a Saint Brendan's church. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm assuming that because of the the things in the background, but it might have been just some festival. Okay. You wouldn't know. We'll you wouldn't see. know. We'll but the windows of the church is something that. You could see when you're when you're passing. That that's probably the easiest okay. clue. They're, they're sort of shaped the same as what was on the horse troughs in Cork. That was another sort of thing that led me to think it was local. Um, okay. Every church I pass and I see something like that. I you know I'm hoping that's the one that's slightly different. It's a fascinating mystery, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll be solved one of these days. Den TV Cork YouTube. Yeah. Do you, you do you are a photographer, are you? Um, well, amateur. My dad used to do um, the eight millimeter film, right? Uh, the super eight. And, yeah. Um, I sort of continued on from there. I, I um, started with photography and then moved more recently into video. And uh, I mean, you have all the modern tools to edit them. You know, it's it's getting easier and easier. So I just sort of. Research them, um, the horse troughs, the old trams, and new things like Dunkettle. And uh, it's just um, just an interest, really. It's old photos of Cork, and looking at old photos of our of our town and city and county, yeah. they're, they're fascinating. Dennis, it would be the maddest thing yeah. ever to happen on this show, and there's been a few mad ones. Yeah. If we manage to find the owner of these yeah. photos. But we'll share yeah. everything for you. Right. 1998 black jacket worn at a christening sent back to Little Woods you bought the jacket found the pictures you have them would be wonderful to find the owners and uh, the child will be probably uh, 25 next month so nice present wouldn't only it? 25 years uh, <laughs> old <laughs> Dennis good talking to you thanks very much thanks very much thank you cheers Dennis I tell you we have found strange things on this programme over the years. Long lost stuff. Wouldn't it be just great? I, I'm not even going to suggest that it'll happen, but wouldn't it be just great if it did? 0818 Now lastly, I want to go up to Churchfield. They're about an hour away from a gathering outside the gates of before five. Donna, will there be a big crowd? Morning. Hiya. Um, well, PJ, we're hoping we're hoping that the whole community can get on board and come and support the school and come and show that they're, we're not going to go quietly. Yeah, I was talking to Leah yesterday and she was bringing up with me some of the questions that the parents are asking and asking maybe if Bishop Gavin could get involved. And then Bishop Gavin's office issued a statement to us yesterday saying that they're happy to talk to anybody with a view to uh, keeping the place open. Also, I'm hearing in the news this morning, there's some reports there may be another provider interested in moving in. That's all positive. 
It is. It's all positive. But as I said from the get-go, the main thing here is communication and the parents and the staff are getting no communication. Like me hearing about this new childcare came from your news. Yeah. We've heard absolutely nothing from nobody. Um, We've been out leafleting. We've been out letting the community know about the protest. If there is a way of saving it, obviously we'll jump on board no matter what way it is. Mm. Um, but even the church, nobody has given us any answers, any updates, nothing. We're just left in the dark. Well, I know that yesterday we, we did issue or did send an email to the bishop's office that brought that statement out. I don't actually have it to hand right now, but it, it said just to quote, the bishop had been shocked and surprised to hear of the closure and was willing to talk to anybody, I think that was the impression I took, was willing to talk to anybody with a view to, to keeping it there. Um, yeah. I know that uh, through, the, through, through um, Lee, there was an invitation issued to Bishop Gavin to come and meet the parents today. I'm not sure if he will, but it would be nice if he yeah. did. There's an, an invitation to anybody that can help, the bishop, the priest, any sort of government TDs, anybody at all that thinks that they have any way of helping okay. in this situation. Like, to be honest with you, PJ, the, when you come and you see the kids, the kids are the ones suffering. The staff go above and beyond up there and they're willing to go straight back to work and sure. support these kids from all sorts of issues. Um, you know, there's not just the autistic kids there, there's all sorts of issues. We've had we've had dozens of calls over the few days, Donna, people telling us the wonderful work that is done up there before fives and it, it really needs to be to be saved, if if alone for the history of it and the heritage of it and the legacy of it. Donna, good luck with everything at one o'clock. I've no doubt we will speak again. Uh, afterwards as to what's going to happen with uh, before five uh, child care uh, an institution on the north side and everyone wants to try to save it the parents and the families want to try to save it that's it for today program edited by Imro Hay produced and researched by Fergal Barry all your podcasts are up later and we will talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM.